to entertain you with a little amusing anecdote from my weekend yeah tell me about it so i was working in my lab late one night yeah you following me here yeah I, th- I think i get you okay i think you know where i'm going with this right yeah i think you're i mean like describe it for me what were what sort of sight were your eyes beholding eerie eerie they beheld an eerie sight okay. i like it <clears throat> and what happened next was my monster, which I'm working on, um, I've been working on a monster. From its slab, it began to rise, and suddenly, was jump that a scare? Euf- was that a euphemism? <laughs> I wish. That would be to my surprise. <laughs> they did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did Denny. the mash. Yes. How quickly did it catch on? In a flash. All right, very good. Welcome back, everyone, to the Movies for Win podcast. This, of Woo. course... Boo! Ha ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. It's a spooky season. This is tis the season. If you're hearing this, uh, it's October already. Unless mm-hmm. you listen to it after October. What's wrong with you? It's spooky season. Week two of our horror session is underway uh i really should have thought of a name for it <laughs> october october fest totally unique and original i like it uh, cool. uh i'll google it to make sure we don't get uh stricken down legally Full disclosure this is gonna be a weird one guys greg and i are both very sleep deprived we're tired. Uh, I'm actively th- drinking coffee right now. <laughs> but there's whiskey in it too. Um, no, the whiskey's separate. I've got, I've got two. Oh god. Mm. He's chasing his coffee with whiskey, folks. Uh, that's a real monster mash. Boy, is it. Uh, this week we're here to talk about monster movies. For movies for when you're having a monster mash. Mm-hmm. And boy, boy, are, are we. we? Oh, this guy. <sighs> just we're, we're the same person man we really are greg maybe i was the frankenstein and you were the monster i don't <laughs> i think if it's more like frankenstein and the bride um like pinky I, I think, and the brain yes but i want to be pinky <laughs> okay <laughs> i think if you put us together we would just make a regular guy but since we're separate, we're both pretty weird dudes. But I really think we would balance yeah. each other out into being a pretty normal dude. We've got the components, man. We, you've got the uh, charisma and the um, extroversion and the, uh, I don't know, facial hair. <laughs> I've got the rugged handsomeness and the tact. the tattoos that you don't want removed the general balance (laughs) 
when I'm walking and operating within confined spaces. You would not believe what an issue that became in the past three days of my life. That's right. <laughs> Denny knocking things over Taylor. My He's pinky like, toes don't touch the ground. You're a metaphor for your dog who just doesn't realize how large she is. We both do love Vanessa and both go around shaking our thick asses while we break things. Like, ah, I knocked another drink off the table. And we're both very messy eaters. So. Uh, Denny, let's start the episode. Both very All messy. right, fuck it, why not? Hold on, wait, I, I, wanted, to, I, wanted, to, I wanted to share something. Yeah, right well, quick. why are you sleep deprived, Denny? I, I made a movie this weekend. A whole ass movie? Yeah! I mean, not I, and a whole crew between... Uh, I should hope so. Fright 90 and Sleep er, Sleepy Door. God, I'm tired. Freud would have something to say about that. Fright Sleep 90 and Squeaky Door. Um, we uh, we are entering the Texas Cult Horror Picture Show Contest, and it's going to screen at the Alamo motherfucking Draft House. Our favorite um, place. Which is really cool. Uh, this weekend I was a boom op and a grip and a guy sitting around quoting I Think You Should Leave, which was also a very important part of the shoot. Um, then I was more involved hit. in pre-production, but it was just, man, it's been a while since I've been on set or since I turned any ideas into anything resembling actuality. Um, I think we're going to have to have uh, Matt, Sam, and Jake from Fright 90 on this show at some point just to, just, to, just to chop it up together. I don't know when that'll be, but when we do a Fright 90 takeover, that'll be fucking dope. I'm just honestly amazed at everybody involved, and it was just so cool to... Uh, to play a small part in it all, man. It was really cool to be on set. But I also... Oh, yeah. Uh, I left last night at 2.15 in the morning because I had work today. And they were still going. And I got to sleep at 4 a.m. So <laughs> I'm pretty sleep deprived. And I, I tapped out <laughs> earlier than most. So I woke up about an hour and a half after Denny went to bed. And, yeah, we're kind of opposite ends of the same problem here. So my rum and fruit punches working that's just a weekday punch this weekday punch well it's a weekday punch because it's in a small glass you see Uh, weekend punch is in the small in the largest glass you have that's at our house we used to do a bit where we'd be like hey pour me a week drink but it was week with two e's and we would put the amount of alcohol you should drink in an entire week into the drink (laughs) that is some single ant humor and i appreciate that i mean it's more like in a hard transitional phase in life right around the time you meet greg humor for me but <laughs> happy to be a part of it i was uh, going through a lot in my weak drink phase denny what are the movies we we're doing this episode we are doing john carpenter's the thing james wales Frankenstein mm-hmm. and uh, someone I believe Decker Fred Decker Decker from Blade Runner. You should have um, just said somebody's the Monster Squad. <laughs> I just ah, fuck. I gotta look it up now. Um, no, you don't. God damn it. God, no, you don't. I know I was right about Decker. We're moving on. Fred Decker. I was right. Uh, Fred yeah. Decker's the motherfucking Monster Squad. He also directed RoboCop Three. Everyone's favorite. Um, yeah these are the movies that we selected for when you're having a monster mash Uh, i selected the thing denny selected the 1931 frankenstein 
And Vanessa slash all of us picked the Monster Squad from 1987. Not the 2020 remake, which I was about to watch, but then he told me no. That would have been chaos on this episode. <laughs> I'm sure that movie's just absolutely awful, too. Probably. Probably. I can't imagine it's great. Um, and we are going to start with The Thing. Greg's pick today. The Thing. Van Helsing. Nope. You're mixing them. Oh, shit. I I always fuck that up. Well, The Thing is John Carpenter's best movie. That's right. Uh, Released in 1982, starring Kurt Russell and, hold up, Keith David. That's right. Keith motherfucking David. He's back, baby. Uh, It takes place in Antarctica at a research facility. Uh, They are unbeknownst to them invaded by a space alien that can take the form of any living thing by inhabiting its cells and cloning itself to look like whatever it wants to disguise itself as it is a scary scary alien that slowly turns all the humans against each other maybe the other guy's the alien maybe i'm the alien Uh uh-oh whoa shit that's heavy shit you're blowing my mind right now greg that's right as they uh, fight against each other, fight against the creature for survival. Great fucking movie. Uh, Great Denny, fucking movie. Uh, have, had you seen this before, this episode? Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to share... Uh, so this was my third time seeing it, and I wanted to share some unique experiences from each time. Um, the first time I watched it... So this is Enemy of the Show, Davis Kalk's favorite movie. Oh, um, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the I man just has keep, taste, just I not just a keep, podcast. I just keep liking him more and more. And then I remember, he's the enemy of the show. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's his favorite movie, so I hadn't seen it. The first time we watched it, he bought a bottle of J&B scotch uh, that they drink in the whole movie. Like, it's always there. Um, and we drank it while mm-hmm. we watched this movie, and uh, that that rules, honestly. <laughs> it was really awesome. It was terrible scotch, like that shit sucks. But it was it made so, it to the Arctic. <laughs> it was so awesome to drink it while we watched the thing. Like it really was great. Um, and so then um, earlier this year, during uh, the Texas snow apocalypse, uh, for anyone who doesn't live in Texas and listen to this. Um, we got it got really cold here and uh, we weren't prepared for that and power was out uh, all the fucking time and in and out of power people lost it for weeks uh, the water was out yeah everything full on nuked us back into the stone age for like a week and a half um, so Vanessa and I had rolling blackouts we really didn't get the worst of it like I think we went like a couple like six hour periods without power but for the most part it would be like on for an hour off for an hour and then uh it stayed on pretty consistently near the end um friend of the show matt lancaster and fright 90 member matt lancaster and tatiana they lost uh, tatiana gant uh you should see her in shows in dallas she's the shit um their apartment lost power just like completely just gone they were like laying in the bed and it was 20 degrees and they just couldn't get out of their bed so they came and crashed with us for the week and we were just like watching tv and drinking as many warm liquids as we could one hour at a time um and when we got power back completely i was like dude i want like texas is covered in snow when it's dark outside 
I'm buying whiskey and we're putting on the thing. There's never going to be a better moment for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I cannot watch this movie without atmospheric uh, ambiance. So today I was watching it uh, (laughs) at work in my office because I was really busy this weekend and didn't get this done. Um, And uh, I watched an hour of it on my lunch break and 40 minutes on a time when I had a canceled client. Um, and I just had to turn all the lights off and sit in utter darkness in my office with no windows and watch the thing. And it was really cool, man. It was awesome. I thought you were going to say you cranked the AC down to like 50 and just like took your shirt off. Like, I want to freeze in the dark and watch this. No, That'd be commitment. I, uh, I, I work with several other people who I have a feeling would be very upset if I just randomly <laughs> cranked the AC down to 50 for atmospheric effect while I watched a movie at work in my downtime. <laughs> it's for a podcast, guys. Uh, man, during that week, I just played through Skyrim again. Uh, that's it. That's the cool thing I did. And nice. I peed behind a dumpster because our water was gone most of the time. Rough. That's uh, not a fun time. Uh, but yeah, the thing. What's your relationship with it, Greg? I just told my whole backstory with this romance of a movie. I watched it once a couple years ago when I thought it was really cool and really scary, and then I watched it uh, just a few days ago, and I thought it was even cooler and even more scary. I was way more in the mood to watch it this time around, and it was oh, oh, it's so good. It's so, it's so cool. Good, this is so good. This one so is, um, I mean, there's, there's, there can be debate about uh, this being an alien movie or a monster movie. I don't really see too terribly much of a difference. I mean, I'm going to go it's ahead. It's a horror sci-fi, right? Like, it, it's a it, horror it sci-fi. Both. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling it a monster movie just because it takes the mutated shape of so many mm-hmm. things that we understand as humans. Yeah. That. Yeah, I'll call it a monster film. I think it would be different if it was like the xenomorph from Alien running around, but that's not what we saw. Like, when you picked yeah. it, I was initially, like, not really the vibe of the episode, but then I thought about it, and I was like, that's actually a really good left-field pick for this theme. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, initially I was like, I was thinking more spooky castle monsters, but then I was like, nah, this is, this totally fits. This is a great idea. I like to take it too far. Like, imagine the thing in the Monster Squad. Like, mm. <laughs> would have been a short be movie. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just assimilates into Phoebe. That would be so cool if, like, Mom those... says you have to levy in the club. <laughs> <laughs> those kids that have all this wins. like knowledge of monster lore just get hit with some fucking thing they don't understand and just die <laughs> we we hit it with flashlights and comic books i don't understand what went wrong <laughs> but we digress but we digress man uh where to start i i still have trouble watching the part with the dog oh it gets me every time man yeah it's it's so hard like i I mentioned when we were watching funny games like i always dock a point when a dog dies trick is to just keep your eyes closed and fast forward a little bit well just remind yourself it's not the dog it just looks like the dog but it's not kind of starts digesting the other dogs though that's pretty true yeah Um, 
What did you think about the opening shot of the spaceship coming to Earth? It's, oh man, it's really good because you're like, I thought this was, I don't know, I wasn't alive when it came out, but I would, I would have seen the trailer for this and been like, oh, this is just supposed to be like some scary monster thing. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, it kind of kills the mystery of like, what is this thing and where did it come from? And then yeah. we go along for the discovery of it. But it's also, I just think it's a really good decision to just like throw it in your face. Like this thing crashed here. It doesn't say when mm-hmm. or like its intentions or what's inside. I feel like it sets the tone and kind of like makes you ask more questions than you're really prepared to answer. Fair enough. It's like the one thing that I actually don't love about the movie. Um, to me, it's just like we still like they give us a real fucking clear look at the spaceship. You know, like we know that they found an alien. Mm-hmm. So like when they discover that, it's like okay, mystery's done. That would have been a really cool reveal. Um, maybe they, and you know, I guess I again can't put myself in that place, and I kind of hear what you're saying of they they got it out of the way. They just like kind of jolted you right at the beginning mm-hmm. but i'm also like for a movie with such fantastic practical effects that's like the one spot of really really obvious cgi and i just don't really think they needed it it's like the one thing that i'm just i, I always forget about it and that's what's nice is it's like it's entirely inconsequential and that's why i'll just mm-hmm. like fully excuse it but every time I start the movie, I am always like, oh, that's right, they do this scene. That's, and then I, like, immediately forget about it. <laughs> that was my reaction, too, and, and exactly the same thing. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Anyways, moving on, and I, I'll forget about it, too. Yeah. Um, you know, this is three years after the first Alien movie, so it's kind of like... It kind of... I kind of want to think about it in the con- that context. It's just the the viewer seeing it for the first time being like, oh, am I getting another Xenomorph or something? Like, mm-hmm. no, you're getting something somehow worse. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you're well, in for something else. That was something that occurred to me on this watch that hadn't occurred to me before, that, like, plot-wise, this really isn't that different from Alien. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's, like, more of an element of mystery. Like, the monster is very different. The Alien itself is very different, and I think the material really works with that. But it really is, like, a key difference is the setting. And I just, honestly, weirdly enough, I guess it seems really obvious, but uh, I hadn't connected those dots. I was like, these are, like, kind of, you know, what up? how many sci-fi horrors where there's an alien picking people off one by one are there that are really good? These are really not that different. Yeah, and what's what's closer to space in terms of, like, isolation than the Arctic, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of parallels there, but it... I don't know, it doesn't feel like a ripoff or anything, just like, it just feels like another evolution on that idea. I, I'd 100% agree, and the evidence is, we're talking about it 40 years later, and I was on my third watch, and never really <laughs> thought about how similar they are. Yeah, you know, like, that's yeah. the evidence that it's, like, definitely not a knockoff or a ripoff, but I was like, it just, like, randomly hit me while I was watching it today. I was like, wait a minute, they're only a couple years apart. They're both fantastic, and they're kind of similar. There's really just some kind of cosmetic differences, you know? Like, um, They both got flamethrowers, though. They've both got fucking flamethrowers. That's right. 
Dude, on that note... Blow this whole thing wide open. Go ahead. This is what I love about the protagonist in this movie. Um, We have talked a lot about how the protagonist has to be smart or we abandon them, right? Like, and... Mm -hmm. To get us to really root for them, they need to be even smarter than us. We need to think like, ooh, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a really good idea, and I probably would have died. Good thing they thought of it. Now I'm like, there's something special, right? I love that in this movie, the second that they get the hint that something is rotten in Denmark, they're just immediately like, get the flamethrower. <laughs> Go get the fucking flamethrower right now. Like That is absolutely the best possible response they're just like we we see that like this is more than just some like crazy guy from the netherlands or was it the netherlands is no it was norway. The, norway it was norway i knew yeah. it was one of those countries that starts with i feel like you you just said it <laughs> well i was trying not to do uh what they did is what they did swedish and i was yeah. always like oh the swedes the swedes um no from norway they basically the second they realize that wasn't just like a psychotic guy on a helicopter that we didn't speak the same language as him. Um, they're just like every gun that we have in the flamethrowers, get them. No one goes in, no one goes out. We're going to fucking blow up whatever is going on here. And that is like absolutely the response you should have. Just airtight, instant reactions. I loved it. They didn't do any of like, what is it? Are we in danger? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? They were just like, nope, 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 nope. Guns, weapons, move them. Move them now. We gotta get these quick. Isolate shit. Let's yeah. get together. <laughs> it was we're gonna great, go check man. out where these people came from. It was so great. That's part of what makes it so scary, too, is like, you know, you'll watch a horror movie and you're like, oh, God, if you would just do the thing, the basic thing, like, trust your gut for a second and you'll be on top of this. These guys are trusting their gut and going a step for, or two further. And they're still not on top of this thing. <laughs> well, yeah, because even the like, uh, even the suspicious characters that basically like, it's been established to us that McReady is the good guy, right? Like that's just kind of like who we're supposed to care about most in it. The guy we're supposed to care about second most is probably Childs, Keith David's Childs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we first of all don't know if McReady is an alien or not, right? We have no idea. Um, and Childs is really suspicious of it. So we've got a really good engine. Um, we're basically supposed to hope he's not. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're supposed to hope McCready is not an alien. But it is completely warranted that Childs is as suspicious as he is of him. You know, yeah. and that's what really works is it's like, dude, it kind of seems like he is. Like, we, mm-hmm. we basically, like, we think McCready probably is, but we hope he's not. I'm with Childs. I'm like, I would probably be him, even though he's supposed to kind of be my soft antagonist, you know, like the sowing dissension in the ranks. I'm like, I, his logic really fucking checks out. Yeah, and that's, oh man, I had a thought. I'll I'll get back to it if I remember it. Uh, real quick, what the Norwegian was saying, because they don't translate it. Uh, I looked it up. Apparently he's saying something along the lines of, get the hell away, it's not a dog, it's imitating a dog, it's not real, get away, you idiots. Stuff like that. But, you know, we don't speak Norwegian. And they don't subtitle it, which was a smart move. A really smart move. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you were bilingual in English and Norwegian, I think you probably got a little bit less out of this experience than than just uh, people who only speak one language. 
That's right. Or if you only speak Norwegian, this movie probably made no fucking sense to you after the first scene. I feel sorry for you. Man. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't think of what I was gonna say earlier. Um, what did you think of? We brought it up in a couple a uh, couple times when we we're talking about '80s movies. Uh, the computer that does the simulation for the assimilation. When that was happening, I thought of this podcast, and I was like, I feel like we have seen an abnormal sample size of '80s movies where computers do things they still can't do in 2021. Yeah, it, they I, did it, it keeps happening in the movies we pick, and I've, I just don't think I've seen it in this volume before, before we started doing this. It happened in The Fly, it happened in Friday the 13th Part 4. It happened it's in like, Scream. <laughs> it happened in Blank Check. Like, it happens a lot. It happened in The Matrix a bunch. <laughs> it's, it's a thing of the 80s where it's just like... Oh, if I just give it like information that the audience doesn't see, it's going to return to me information that's going to be so like oh, only a computer, well, a computer thought it up. It must be true. 75% chance of this thing spreading to all of humanity and destroying it. Like how the hell did something in 1982 computer technology know that at all? What what is this calculation based on? It's just occurring to me now that the people writing it probably also didn't understand computers. Same with all of these, though. <laughs> writing like they do, right? <laughs> it's like, computers do smart stuff, right? They calculate well, things and give you numbers. I remember in the 90s, it was a saying, like, the computer never lies. That was something people relied on. Then the internet happened, and mm -hmm. <laughs> people stopped saying it. But it was definitely, like, a thing I heard a lot growing up. Oh, man. Boy, does the computer lie. I have a bold statement to make. Please. Actually, it may not be that bold. Mm. It might be kind of obvious. Maybe italics. Go ahead. <laughs> Underlined. Let's go with that. Um, Very well. How crazy is it that we got Kurt Russell and Keith David's best performances in one movie? Two pretty prolific actors, and I can't think of a better performance from either, even though I, I think I can name a laundry list of fantastic performances from both of them. But man, I really... I mean, like, Keith David is a character actor. He's great in everything he does. It's really no surprise. I just think this is, like, the best iteration of him mm -hmm. kurt russell he does some weird shit does some hokey shit he really showed some dramatic chops in this man like mm -hmm. he really like showed that he had he could not like instead of cranking it into fifth gear he could actually be really relatable and genuine which yeah. is really cool he's not just playing like the dumb guy action star helicopter pilot mm -hmm. that you expect when you see him he's like flying the helicopter he's got his cool ass hat on yeah and he's you're just like ah oh, here's the gunslinger character well Boys. especially in a john carpenter collaboration a few other of yeah. those include escape from new york and big trouble in little china i don't mm -hmm. think those those the material really necessitated such an impressive performance in those <laughs> But it's like, I, we, we've talked before about, like, a good a good tell of how strong the performance was, was, do I remember the, do I refer to him as the actor or the character's name in the mm -hmm. movie? I call these two Childs and McReady. 
But yeah. when I when I talk about uh when I talk about the thing, I'm like, that's not Kurt Russell and Keith David anymore. That's Childs and McReady. And it's amazing because dramatically there's not like a ton of like dialogue. There's not like a uh a Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction scene where it's just like, that's what this character does. That's their thing. They say these things, they do these things. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it just all comes across as so raw and real to me. Um, I just really, really connected to the characters and forgot I was watching two very recognizable actors. Yeah, uh, I honestly didn't recognize Keith David at first because <clears throat> we we just did the nice guys. So, yeah. and, like, that's the look I'm used to is just recent films with him. But that voice, mm-hmm. you just you can just pick it out of a crowd and be like, oh, Keith's here. Well, I, had to, I had to look it up. <laughs> well, it's such a it's such a confusing thing because he was bald by choice in his youth and grew his mm-hmm. hair out when he was old. It's that's, like that's it's, the other it part. really throws me, man. Like, <laughs> it's it's a it's not a path a lot of people have walked. <laughs> man, um, when they were doing the blood experiment. Uh, I want to bring up a point that Vanessa made in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think you made it for her. Um, if you're spilling blood for an oath or maybe a scientific test, you don't have to cut on the thumb or on your palm. The back of like your forearm works just fine. Blood is yep. blood. Don't use yep. the most useful parts of your body Those are to get blood things, from. Two things in this movie that drive Vanessa absolutely crazy are that scene... And the fact that the walls are so thin, but they're in Antarctica. It bothers her every time we watch this movie. Where's the insulation? It drives her nuts that these walls are so thin and also that they like break a window and it's inconsequential. Like the, you know, like when she hates it and I just look at it and I'm like, does it make the movie better or worse that they ignored that? better (laughs) you know like that's that's my thing is i'm like i I wouldn't have thought about it if vanessa wasn't there like losing her shit over it which is something i really love about her is that like just functional details of movies just she's all about them let me tell you i I like that though that's a quality they they also inject a needle in this movie um Mm -hmm. they vanessa on needle injections always loses her shit because they always do it wrong so the thing is like a a triple whammy for her on like just irritable (laughs) things uh like she she goes crazy at that stuff but um, yeah i was gonna say when the norwegian uh shows up and the uh the guy in charge shoots him instead of opening the door he like (laughs) he pulls out his revolver and smashes the window with it yeah. and then shoots him like that room is off limits now until we fix the window yeah. like, it's the arctic it's not like it's it's not positive temperatures i'm just this saying. isn't fucking colorado that would yeah. be that would be miserable in colorado in the winter if you did that this yeah. is deadly like, here yeah. i mean they're really not wearing very uh thick guess i'll have to wear a hat now <laughs> All that goes to say, it's just the shape of my brain that I, I just get over that shit pretty quickly. I just don't care. Um, but I watch a lot of movies with someone who does, so I'm very mm-hmm. aware of it. And she's 100% right. <laughs> you know, like, she's 100% right. I'm just like, eh, if if I were sitting around a fireside listening to someone tell me this story, I wouldn't really want them to go into detail about, like, fixing the house to 
because the cold was getting in, I'd be like, you know what, just get to the alien stuff, man. Then what did the people do? Yeah. What did the alien do next? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, man. Just like I mentioned in funny games, limited to minimal music mm-hmm. is so much better for a horror movie than yes. like overbearing like high pitched strings or like jump scare music, that kind of thing. Dude, yes. It's like the soundtrack to this movie is just cold wind. Mm-hmm. Like that's the main soundtrack and it 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 really puts you in the setting better than any orchestra could have. Well, and I think it really shows that John Carpenter is not a mark for himself because He's a fantastic and iconic horror composer, and I love like pretty much every score I've ever heard from him. And he did not do it just because he's good at it in this movie. Like It was better without it, and he knew how mm-hmm. to have that restraint. And I think for a horror movie, like you, you use the, the score to set the mood so much, to convey so much emotional information... I think it shows so much confidence in the story you're telling to not use a score like that. Like, Mm -hmm. that is so bold and awesome. And, you know, I think of, like, uh, I think of, like, the roll credits song or just, like, any anything from an 80s horror with, like, the synth stuff, which I love, which I listen to for fun. I really like that sound. And I just, like, I'm running it in my head right now of, like, scenes from this movie with those scores and i'm like it would be so much worse it would Mm -hmm. be so much worse with the like uh like it would ruin it (laughs) that was a forgetting sarah marshall reference that it was (laughs) very obscure there you go the masturbating dog killers on the loose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man i'm i'm ecstatic that this movie didn't get any sequel treatment yes um when it like it, sets itself up for one and they didn't fucking do it and that's I was, great i'm always surprised that it ends where it does and it didn't get a sequel like it got a 2011 prequel which was okay like i think i watched it when it was semi-new yeah. and i was like this I'm is fine it. It's okay. It's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, and I can honestly so say I don't... So they finally put a woman in this universe? I guess so. Good on Did them. you know women could also be cold? Whoa. It's 2021. Women can be cold now. Stay woke, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I only remember, like, the last, like, five minutes of that movie. I don't... I couldn't tell you what else happened. Mm. Um, but then, it's also a 1951 film. Yeah. I didn't know that until this watch through. I've uh, I've heard it's nothing special. That's kind of what I thought because in oh, <laughs> there's a ten year old version, a a seventy year old version, and this is the only one that anybody talks about. No, I mean basically so. when people are like, you know, name a reboot better than the original. People always say the thing and the fly, and then it's like, okay, what else? That's what I thought. Right? You know, like, <laughs> two ever with powerhouse directors behind them that were well, that, very inspired by the material. Unfortunately, this does take one movie away from movies for when the remake is better than the original, but... Yeah, that's lazy, though. Like, that's that's just so fucking obvious. Who gives a shit about the 50s thing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm giving you a face. <laughs> giving me a face, brother, brother. That's um, right. 
That's just for Denny. Sorry, audience. So all this goes to say, this story is so strong that what is most memorable about this movie is probably the fucking mind-blowing practical effects, and we haven't even talked to them oh, because my God, because they enhance an already fantastic story. Oh my God, dude! dude. I, I I said I couldn't watch the dog part because of the way it looks and. It's like the stunning practical effects combined with the sound effects they use are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The whole film, every practical effect they use, you're still just like, you're kind of not really grossed out, but like you're genuinely horrified by it because it all seems so real. Like the, <laughs> we gave this movie a lot of credit, but Jurassic Park, Samuel L. Jackson's arm drops onto uh our heroine's shoulder and we're just like that's a nice little wax arm you got there like the technology for this stuff doesn't really change it's how you light it and how you move it Mm -hmm. and like the sound you put with it and this movie nailed every frame of how this is shown oh yeah and it's just oh it's so it's so creative too just like it's not just like, oh, somebody's arm fell off. It's somebody's head turned into a spider thing yeah. <laughs> and is leaving the room. Well, and they managed to make so many things move like they shouldn't move. But yeah. you know that you're watching something real and it just makes your brain really uncomfortable, especially all the like tendrils that come out of stuff you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, um, yeah. those are twizzlers heebie-jeebies just just yeah. remembering them it's like stuff that you know shouldn't move but it's act and it's like nothing that exists in our reality but you're like that's how that thing moves well yeah and it looks truly original like it just yeah. doesn't look derivative of anything it's all like stuff i've never seen before very very inspired and very well executed uh, to the point that uh, the Demogorgon in Stranger Things is just the dog scene. Right? Did you notice that? Yeah. That dog turns With into the, a straight-up Demogorgon. I always forget that. The, the like, little four-petal... Yeah, yeah, the four-petal face unpeeling with the teeth. Oh, it's so fucked up. So <sighs> fucked up, man. Ooh. Um, are we about done with this movie? Because this is a good transition to one of our new gimmicks. Um, I've got one if or you... two more thoughts. Yeah, hit us with another point. I want to acknowledge, I think the blood test scene is the best suspenseful, tension-filled scene I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Because you, you know the implications, but you also don't know what happens when he's right. Yes. And you don't know who it is. And they also, like, subvert your expectations before that was, like, a really cringy thing to do and have it happen, like, way before they get to the end. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, really, really, just, I just, I can't talk about this movie and not talk about that scene. Um, I also wanted to mention that I will always pop for a man catching on fire, running through a wall, falling on his face and exploding. Just, <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking sequence. That made me so happy and I completely forgot that it was in the movie. That he's just, like, fully engulfed in flames, runs straight through a wall face plant and you just have to look at it for a second and then just boom <laughs> well they throw dynamite at him right oh did they throw dynamite at him uh davis help i think they do 
Again, I don't think I he was, just spontaneously. I was watching explodes. this uh, on a break at work, very sleep deprived, but I thought he just fucking exploded. Which is even, the dynamite, me mistaking well, it is even funnier. Well, I might, I might be confusing this with the, the werewolf scene in Monster Squad. So I think you are. I think you are. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh no. I, th- I, I we'll have to perfect excuse to watch the thing again because i'll never get tired of that movie. guess we'll have to see it again Jeez. tis the season oh oh davis sleep. come over yeah davis get here stat um anyway yeah i think uh i think we can get into gimmicks i it, it, like i'll gush about this movie forever i'll find a million things i like about it um i think we got to acknowledge uh how fucking cool the ending is Mm-hmm. Just how fucking cool is that shit, man? It's like the perfect mix of like heroic and also that like that dread of inevitable failure. Mm-hmm. Like the thing you're dealing with is so powerful that there's nothing you could do about it. But also like there is some success there. Like it's it's a combination of emotions that's really well communicated by the like you were saying with Keith David and uh, Kurt Russell, but oh god, it's so cool. Well, I just realized a good a good roll credits, a fucking fantastic roll credits. We haven't even done what we should do, which is ask: Do you think one of them is is the thing in the end? Um, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I believe um, Childs when he said he was going off to because he thought he saw uh blair or whatever i believe childs too i i I love just not knowing honestly Mm -hmm. um the way i kind of i get the perception that like if you were the thing you might not know it you know like that like there's a chance that you're being as honest as you know how to be Mm -hmm. um i don't know but then again maybe the thing is just really good at replicating um all that goes to say it's so fucking cool that they it's just such an obvious sequel to have somebody dig up childs and they've never mm-hmm. done it and i think it would cheapen that fantastic ending if they did um people have analyzed it enemy of the show davis Kauk told me this mm-hmm. and the final scene you can see mcready's breath and you can never see childs but you should be able to see both of theirs and i watched Ooh. for it today and it's true so it kind of implies that uh maybe but it also might just be fanboys over analyzing something that'd be that just makes it so much cooler right (laughs) come on yeah how can you how can you say that's not just cool as shit it's fucking dope man because it's still not as definitive as it you know it should be it's not giving you a clear answer but if you want to find an answer in that you can Mm -hmm. and if you completely overlook it and want to think of it your own way it's also valid like Yep. And ultimately it boils down to the same thing. They're getting frozen in the ice one way or another. Mhm. Do they dig I, it up it, later? It's Who like knows? either way, yeah, Kurt well, Russell yeah. and Keith David are screwed. Well, or maybe one of them is the thing and no one ever goes around digging in that spot of Antarctica ever again. It doesn't matter. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's what's so cool, man. Um, it's it's such a well-contained story that is only the rise or not the rise but like the existence and the fall of this group of guys yeah 
No. It's, oh. Ambiguity is often done wrong. This is a movie that does it right. Um, there you go. This is a movie that really gets the, like, the journey was important, and ultimately, there was just no way to win. It, you were up against a machine too strong, but you did have the uh, the larger win of you contained the threat. That You know, like, basically, they realized, like, pretty much you know near the beginning of the third act that it's like i'm really starting to think none of us are going to make it we should make sure that this thing doesn't either which is a really noble thing that's a really cool perspective to take all right gimmick time brother brother that's right man what's our gimmick of the week greg you thought of it and i love it so you should get to say it well we were talking about the um the practical effects in this movie and i feel like we didn't spend enough enough time gushing over how incredible they were um our gimmick for this week is your favorite time that you thought the monster was real you have a lot to choose from here yeah it was hard to narrow it down (laughs) this this could be like it was the most impressive practical effect or it was just something that you saw it you're just like oh shit that's good yeah what's yours i I took it as the second one. Um, after, um, I want to say, Doc gets his arms bit off by the stomach thing. They, <laughs> the stomach teeth, tummy tummy teeth. And uh, that guy's head, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Like his head just like stretches off the rest of his body. Yep. And the head is on the ground and it like the tongue goes out to the chair and the tongue is like pulling this head across the floor and it's just making this noise and it's just oh it's so good and then it turns into a spider and walks away but like just the imagery of like that head snapping off on its own and then like the tongue pulling the head across the floor is so oh it's so cool i love that part greg Mm -hmm. two weeks in a row we chose the same one did we do it yeah no way. Yeah. Out of all of them, we pick the same one. Yeah, no, that one always stands out to me, not just because um, how good it is when his head is expanding and walking away. Like, that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. But when he does, the first time I watched it, when he does the shocks and the stomach just opens up, it was a real, like, holy fuck! That was out of yeah. nowhere moment for me. Like, that yeah. <laughs> really caught me off guard in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, man, just... I. I, we chose the same one because it is the best one in a litany of fantastic choices I wouldn't have I wouldn't have critiqued any other choice but I think it says a lot about that particular one that we both chose it and we're both geeking out over all of them that was just uh, next level man that was fifth gear mm-hmm. uh, Clark was Clark was the guy whose head I believe was gotcha. going across the floor uh, Denny what's your favorite line of the thing dude there's only one. There was an obvious choice, and I knew what it would be before I started the movie. I don't even know what it could be. Why don't we just... Oh, no. Wait here for a little while. See what happens. Oh, no! Last line in the movie. Denny! I picked the same one! Greg. I picked the same thing! You're upset, and I'm happy. It's amazing! I'm happy! Both gimmicks? Yeah, both gimmicks. This is the first time ever we picked the same thing for both gimmicks. It says right here, why don't we just wait here for a while, see if anything happens. 
and sink. Dude. It's great. I did have a second place, though. I'll give you that one so we have some variety. What's your second place? I got two, actually. Uh, it's when Nalls roller skates into the room after they get the dog and kill the Norwegian. Maybe we're at war with Norway. <laughs> Super funny. Loved it. Uh, and in third, honorable mention is Kurt Russell about to blow things up. He says, uh, he said he's about to escape and throw the diamond. He says, yeah, fuck you too. It's just, ah, so cool. For variety's sake, my second place would have been, uh, Gary with two R's saying, now, whenever you get the chance, or I know you guys have been through a lot today, but whenever you get the chance... I'd like to not spend the rest of my life tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a direct quote. I didn't write it down, but I, I, I already, I knew That's what how I was I going it. with when I went into this movie and I was like, Ooh, that one's close. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <sighs> Denny, uh, what, what, what kind of, what kind of, what sort of, what sort of score did you give this one? You know, this is one that I really go back and forth on my score on. I've moved it down, I've moved it up, and I really thought about moving it down again today. But you know what? The heart wants what it wants. And in its genre, this is a 50 out of 50. This is That's a five-star right, movie for me. That's right, baby. Monster movies, which is a genre I am well acquainted with and very much in love of, or in love with. Um... I just, I really thought about that first, I, I don't love the spaceship in the first shot, and I really thought about jumping it down to a 49, and I was like, I've seen this movie three times, and I've forgotten this movie three times, or I forgot that shot three times. It clearly doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> this, yeah, is <laughs> this is a 50. This is a five star for me. That's not to say it's perfect, because that's, I don't think anything is. I'd love to show you a continuity error. I've or a continuity error I found in Casablanca, um, but I don't care. I don't give a shit about perfection. This is five stars. Very good, man. Um, I actually had to bump my score up this time. I gave this one a thirty-seven out of forty. Nice. Higher than Funny Games, even. Damn, um, really? Oh, well, yeah. I guess I did too, but. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, but I'm I'm not even I'm honestly like again the way I rate I'm not even comparing them because I'm. Yeah, like, yeah, I just it's the most recent high high ranking movie I yeah, did, yeah, so I yeah. just I just pulled that one out. Yeah, it's it's over a nine out of ten for me. Um, it, it's hard to find things wrong with it. It's oh, it's so easy to love and so easy. Oh, I, yeah, it's so good, man. Great fucking movie. What else great, is there to say, man? Great it's fucking just... movie. I could go deeper, but it's it's just it's just really, 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 really good. Well, you know, if you go any deeper, you might dig up Frozen Aliens, and that would mean you learn nothing from this movie. Don't go fucking around with what's whatever's underground in Antarctica. That's right. Can you listen imagine? up? <laughs> listen up, Norway. <laughs> Imagine being that alien and being like, well, of all the fucking places to crash land on this planet. <laughs> Couldn't I have crashed in the Bahamas? <laughs> hey, Greg, are you are you scared at all right now? I'm shaking in my boots, Denny. 
Should I be scared of something? No, you shouldn't, because this is a screamless edit. <laughs> you don't need to scream. There's nothing scary about it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row, I got him. That's good, though. Screamless edit, everyone. We're back. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself. Be not afraid. These edits are screamless. Woo. We're back to talk about... <laughs> Don't scare him, Denny. I promised them screamless. Uh, we're here to talk about the Monster Squad, not the 2020 remake like I accidentally almost did. I didn't know it's there was the... one. I didn't either. It's the 1987 version, everybody. Um, Denny, this was sort of your pick, so... Would you please walk us through the plot of 1987's The Monster Squad? Well, and technically it was Vanessa's pick, and I felt guilty for speaking for her on the last episode. Um, I was just pitching it, and then I ended up being right. Um, and then I was like, I should have just let her talk. Am I a misogynist? And I actually spent some time thinking about that. Um, but I'm trying to be aware of my male presence and privilege and always being vigilant about that. Um, it's not misogyny if you're right. Jesus. That's going to go over Set great. Everyone. I'm being sarcastic. God. I I finger guns the camera, but you guys can't see that. <laughs> so, sarcasm not clearly communicated no, I, visually. I actually, I actually apologized to Vanessa after and said I was sorry for speaking for her. I just got excited. Um, Monster Squad, babe! Yeah, but... Um, Monster Squad is a movie about how all the ancient monsters are real and Van Helsing fucked it up and didn't kill them. Um, and then a group of misfits who uh, become friends with a Corey Feldman adjacent uh, must take them down when they reemerge in the 80s. Um, it is, uh, right. speaking of misogyny, boy is this movie ever fucking misogynistic. Women are just either virgins or not virgins and you can gawk at them and objectify them either way. Um, Don't was... forget, Denny. We hate gay people. We hate gay people? Oh, in this movie. When did we hate this... gay people in this movie? The, the movie. The movie doesn't like gay people. I remember the bullies using the, the slur. Um... There was a bunch of other lines that were... Kids and adults being very homophobic. But... Uh, well, I was... Uh, full disclosure, I've seen this movie two times, and... Uh... This time I was watching it with a couple of movie talkers, and it had to be addressed. Um, it took my focus a couple times. Uh, it was producer of the show, uh, Vanessa, and BFF of the show, and co-host of the We're Watching podcast, Abby Howe. Um, they, uh, for very good reason, weren't that into this movie, and because uh, it's honestly uh tbh not that great i remembered it as much better than it was uh just mm -hmm. full disclosure that's on me i was really hyped about it and on a on a rewatch i was like ah ah you know um but uh <laughs> it was it was very 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 inexcusably misogynistic but i also like when they were critiquing it i was like you know what Y'all would have been watching The Craft right now if I didn't suggest this, so don't act like you're above it. <laughs> or not The Craft. I love The Craft. They were going to watch uh, uh, Practical Magic, which fucking blows. Um, they were going to watch that. Vanessa texted me and said, like, hey, me and Abby are coming back to the house to watch Practical Magic. And I was like, no pressure. Y'all do whatever you want. Soft pitch. Monster Squad for the pod. 
because um, Vanessa had been wanting to see it for a long time because I had uh, incorrectly hyped it up to her. Honestly, that's it, that's mm-hmm. that's on me. Um, the the way you made it sound, I thought it was like a childhood favorite of hers. Oh no no no! It was uh, it was something that should have been a childhood favorite of mine because mm-hmm. <clears throat> from a young age. Not only did I love monsters, but I specifically loved these classic universal monsters, and I still do. I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a room with a whole wall dedicated to them, and I have a creature from the Black Lagoon tattoo on my body. Um, I see all these <laughs> things right now. He's telling the truth. <laughs> um, so it should have been, but I never watched it. And then, I want to say two years ago, I watched it alone during a spooky season, and I think I was just so excited to see all the monsters in one place that I was just like, oh my god, this is just, it's great. Like, all, like, I just was crazy about it, like, loved it. Mm-hmm. And then on a rewatch, I was like, I mean, all the monsters in one place is pretty neat, but I probably shouldn't have expected myself or others to like this in their adult life. You know, like, this is definitely yeah. a childhood movie. I will say, like, all the monsters, like, all the classic monsters, <laughs> even even the ones that rarely show up, like, that's the coolest part of the movie. Like, exactly. they're a lot of fun when they're all just, like, hanging out and conspiring and stuff and just, like, doing their their little tropes as their monsters. Like, those guys are actually pretty fun. Yeah. So, I... that sentiment's not completely misplaced because the thing you were hyped about was the best part. No, yeah, and I think my brain just remembered those parts and ignored all the rest. Like, I did remember it being uncomfortably misogynistic in ways that were, like, uh, a little more than just your typical male gaze permeates everything shit. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I remember it being like, oh, that's a little over the line. But then on, like, a clear-minded second watch, I was like, oh, God, man. I fully understand why the women I'm watching this are just like, fuck this shit. Like, there's uh, white, there's like white knuckling it through the watch through. Yeah, like, no, I. So he's just gonna use a camera now, is he? To to the point that I felt like a little bad being like I said we should watch this, you know, because mm-hmm. it was it was, again, like I I remembered the misogyny, but it just it just I don't know, man, it it hit me different the second time around. I remembered it being uh, again because like the male gaze isn't everything, and that doesn't excuse it, but like. At a certain point, if you're going to watch, like, an older movie, you have to expect it and not be shocked by it, because that's the kind of movies they were making at the time. And they still are now, but some people are making movies that address that, which is cool. Um, There's a certain amount of, like, dude, you're watching a movie from 1951. You know how white men viewed women in the 50s. Like, it's going to happen in this movie, and it's not okay but don't act surprised. And even with that kind of like, let's not engage with it, you know, like it, it's, it's a locked piece of content that is over. And so like trying to talk to it doesn't really work. This was still way fucking over the line, way, way, way past anything that you could be. I, I hate when people say it was a different time. I really do. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. Cause it's still not okay in a different time. You know, like, you're kind of showing your hand that your morality is based on social norms and not on, like, your perception of justice or truth or whatever. Um, so that's that's not an excuse to begin with, but I watch a lot of old movies and you just kind of get used to it, you know? 
Um, this was egregious, man. It was egregious the way they treated women in this movie. Well, we said misogyny about 30 times so far. Did we summarize the plot? Um, yeah, I did. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, you could just say Where to go from there? And monsters and it would probably do it. But the misogyny squad, baby. Ooh. Hey. It's just it's mostly just that one guy trying to peep some tits from the treehouse. Uh um, I don't know, man. There was a hyper focus on I I know there was a man. lot like, of other it things. Was, ooh. It was a lot. That was that was the peak of it. Peep 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 of it. Or when he uh when he blackmailed her with nude photos that he told that he stole voyeuristic okay and we were supposed to be like got her i was like oh fuck you i have a note <laughs> because not okay she they used this girl to be the virgin for reading a uh like a virgin has to read this passage at a certain time every hundred years to open a portal into uh limbo that the monsters get sucked up into for another hundred years uh they basically blackmail this kid's older sister into being a virgin it's a super weird scene and i paused <laughs> like because the picture didn't look right he like holds this the uh photo up for like a half a second i'm like that doesn't even look like a person and I went back and paused it on it. It's literally just her wearing, like, a very modest, like, turtle black turtleneck, but, like, shoulders exposed. Like, it's, it's only, it's a top that goes from, like, waist to turtleneck and, like, no sleeves. And, like, that's their gotcha blackmail picture of her being naked i guess i don't know it was super weird that just makes it even weirder <laughs> and then they're just like hey we need a virgin to do this ritual right you're a virgin right and she's like not really saying anything they're like well if you're not a virgin we're gonna show this picture to your parents and everybody and she's like oh, okay i'm a virgin <laughs> she got blackmailed into it and it was super weird yeah that was and that was her characteristic, was not virginity. I'm actually on Critiker right now docking this points. Like, I actually already moved it down, and the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, this is... This deserves to lose a few points for misogyny, and just... Uh, it's It's one thing to be misogynistic. It's another thing to ask us to root for it. You know? Mm hmm Like, uh, uh, I feel gross. I honestly expected to get into, like, a really fun discussion in this movie, and... You want to make fun of some other shit about it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I like in this movie. We can there... get into the stuff we like. Well, we can stop using the word misogyny. Well, it just... That's the, I know that's the main theme. It just feels weird to, like, get excited about things I liked in this movie in light of everything that's fucked up about it. And it really is, like, it's really above, like, a movie made from the perspective of a horny man-child. Okay, you get that they're gonna be super horny. This is, like, 
they commit like sexual assault on this woman and like police of her virginity <laughs> you know like it's it's uh i honestly don't really feel right being like i liked the mummy <laughs> you know like but i did i did like the mummy okay but i know what you're saying <laughs> you know like I, I i i don't know i guess i'm i'm taking a kind of a, a more clear-eyed look at something that uh monster wise it's like a fucking love letter to me but it's hard for me to think about that right now to be honest man it really is um for the sake of the content let's just move on uh but i I just want to say i wholesale uh disavow this movie honestly like i went from like loving it to like not really wanting to even talk about it on this watch i really really i feel weird now man well i don't know what else to say i'll tell you what to say monsters created by stan winston five words every denny once whispered in his ear um (laughs) stan winston man um i don't know if anyone knows the work of stan winston he's basically in the 80s and 90s if you fucking loved a practical effect there's a solid chance he did it he was for jurassic park he was for so many great things man i saw that role in the opening credits and i was like oh we're in for a treat right now man dude uh like i said before the monster the monsters were the most fun and engaging part of the film and like even the understated ones feel like they got as much attention as the ones that you got a little more screen time with like the creature from the black lagoon uh god that it looked so incredible with the gills kind of fluttered and everything yeah, he was the best like, one he was the best looking monster out of all of them and he can't even talk you know it looked great he should have been on the screen more mm-hmm. uh the werewolf was really good like those transformations i was mm-hmm. like is this like a remake did like they re they touched up these scenes like in modern times when yeah. he's like doing the werewolf transformation but no like that's just how it was it was it was pretty solid um man I don't. I don't know where to go from here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, carry it. I'll, I'll get us out of this. Um, I Mandela affected myself into thinking Corey Feldman was in this movie. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> I really, truly Pretty believe close. this was a Corey Feldman movie. Um, Ryan Lambert plays Rudy. Um, he is the actor who I thought was Corey Feldman on my first watch. Apparently. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder how much alcohol I'd had on that first watch, honestly. (laughs) Because I apparently misremembered (laughs) a lot of stuff about this movie. Um, I will say, Rudy's entrance rivals Jack Sparrow. Of just, like, rolling up on a bike in a leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, and stopping a bullying incident. I was like, what a fucking boss. I loved that guy. Like, that intro scene is like... And I like the way they talk about him, too. But, like, no... He's a junior hire. Yeah. So he's like, why is he why is he hanging out with these kids? I don't know. Yeah. But I like it. No, yeah. It starts out as a fun relationship and turns into peeping Tom, but Yeah. Whatever. Well, you know, for for as like disgusting as this movie was in regards to the peeping Tom stuff, um something that I did love was how profane and crass the kids were. Um 
because that's what boyhood was definitely like for me i was constantly that movie was okay what you didn't like it oh the movie boyhood sorry oh boyhood's all right um (laughs) i actually really like that movie tbh Uh, i don't know um no but that's what boyhood was like for me me and my friends were a bunch of little fucking monsters just obsessed with our dicks and um constantly swearing and just saying whatever new uh raunchy thing we could learn or think of um man forming a squad like this to take down monsters was my ultimate boyhood fantasy um i remember i would like go around my house and like the creek by my house and pretend i was seeing monsters and like Mm -hmm. taking notes on them one time my mom made me stop playing in the attic and I told her I saw the mud monsters from Mars which are on the cover of a Goosebumps book and that was why she like needed to let me keep playing in the attic so I could track them down and destroy them and was like <laughs> baffled that she wasn't horrified and like trusted me to eradicate this threat to her existence. I, th- I think Denny's got this one. <laughs> He's read the literature. He's an expert. And did you ever uh, have a terrible montage where you created business cards for your little monster excursions? No, but I did fantasize about a lot of uh, a lot of montages. I'm not even joking. Like I absolutely no, like, no, it's... played out these montages in my head with the soundtrack of like what me and my friends like forming like some Ghostbusters adjacent that hunts monsters would be like. That was my ultimate childhood fantasy. I was we're, fascinated we're, with this. We're a product of our time, and montages are just like, what if I did something so cool that a montage happened? Yeah. Because of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> here's how it would go. Okay, here's the song. We're going to do this thing, this thing, this thing. No, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I guess I wanted to nitpick a little bit. There's like a few scenes that kind of confused me, uh, hoping to get some clarity on. Uh, I thought full moons were only for one night. That was kind of fucking convenient. Um, yeah. This, this werewolf should have been like a werewolf one time. And like, all right, in a few more weeks, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. They, it would have been. Night after night. <laughs> it would have been a lot smarter to. Uh, it would have been a lot smarter to just have him be a wolfman and just stay the wolfman and not explain it. I think they really mm-hmm. could have gotten away with it. Um, I don't think they needed to. Like, I just think everyone would have accepted it. Of you know, in the same way that it's like you. Watch- we've yeah, we've already got like Frankenstein and a mummy and Dracula and 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 like this guy could have just been a wolfman. Yeah. It goes back to uh, it goes back to what I said about the thing of like, did it really make sense in terms of the effect the Arctic tundra would have had on them? No. Does it make the movie better or worse that they failed to address it better? Um, worse. Here, sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, here, here, worse. No, here, worse because they addressed it. What I did like though, um, I thought this movie was very true to the Universal Monsters lore in a very legally safe way. Um, mm-hmm. but um so in in all the wolfman movies and in all of the like frankenstein meets the wolfman type stuff um lon cheney's larry talbot character who turns into the wolfman he like hates his existence whenever he's human he's like a really troubled soul 
and he's basically going around being like, someone please kill me. Like, I do horrible things and my life Mm -hmm. isn't worth it. Like, do you know how many people I've terrorized? It's going to happen again. For the love of God, please kill me. Like, he's like a really, like, it's a really cool character um, where he, like, fully... Uh, fully internalizes the consequences of his actions when he turns into the Wolfman, and mm-hmm. I really love that about the character. And I thought this was a, a very informed nod to that. Like it was good, uh, yeah, good knowledge of the source material, but it also just full stop did not need to happen. You could have just had him stay a Wolfman, and it would have yeah. been fine. No one was gonna it- be like, whatever. But I don't know, man. Maybe it needed to happen with consistency because they were so serious about the monster lore. Maybe that would have like sh- yeah. shot a silver bullet shaped hole in the plot. I don't think I hey, would. Hey, nice. All I can say is I wouldn't have cared. I can see why they did it for the sake of like continuity maybe, but like I don't think anyone was going to give a shit personally. Yeah, uh, it does make sense for like the seriousness the level of seriousness seriousness that these kids gave to the monster lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, wait a... You good there? Yeah, I'm good. My, my headphone just right. popped out, but I didn't unplug it. it <laughs> there was we just go. One. All right. Uh, like, the way uh, Sean and... Uh, I'll call him Fat Kid, because that's what they keep calling him. Sorry. <laughs> it's over there by Fat Neil. It's okay. I'm uh, fat, and I give you permission. <laughs> Uh, I'm just uh, all I thought of was Fat Neil from Community. Um, <laughs> Why not Tall Neil? He wasn't that tall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that, man. This kid, Sean's mom, like scolded him for eating a carrot before dinner. Like most parents would be ecstatic, like ah, right? oh no, don't eat all these vegetables. I need them for the salad. Okay, <laughs> one more bite. Like there's. This movie does a lot of things that confuse me. Um, it feels like a Goonies ripoff. Definitely. And I, I'll, I'll say it now. I've seen the Goonies one time, and I don't really like it. Yeah. It's, I, don't, I really, I don't really like the Goonies that much. It's a, gen- but, it's a generational film. Yeah, I guess so. Like, like I've said it before, like if a movie came out in the eighties, odds are I haven't seen it. Mm, I didn't know uh, that for the about show. You. Yeah, it's just like my parents did not uh, partake in a lot of like the eighties classics. Like they they were more like the Star Wars. They were more about books and stuff, but they did like their Star Wars. Like they're they were more like TV people, not necessarily like ghostbusters i've i've never seen ghostbusters and i hadn't seen this movie and i haven't i didn't see goonies until like um not too terribly long ago like 80s classics are just like not on my radar at all so i don't have any sort of nostalgia for them you need Um, you need the nostalgia for goonies um i showed it to vanessa while we were engaged and it was a very eye-opening experience for me for you know watching it with someone who just like didn't grow up watching it and had no attachment to it i think mm-hmm. her critiques were very valid you know like and i was like ah, eh. they are always yelling and constantly talking over each other and it's it's a very sloppy movie but i 
I like the pirate ship stuff and I like the Brotherhood stuff, but just outside of growing up on it, I I really can't make a case for it. I really, you know, like it's it's a yeah. very fair critique to watch the Goonies in modern times and just be like, why the fuck is everyone talking about this? Yeah, like why is this why is this the phenomenon and not Monster Squad? Like I'm getting really similar vibes from these two movies. And that's gonna ruffle some feathers, but I don't care because I didn't grow up with either of these movies. I'm just looking at them pretty cold. Um, but your takes are hot. There we go. That's right. Toasty, sizzling hot. I feel like this movie isn't really committing to a tone. Yeah. It you was... know, it's like it, it's trying to pander to like three or four different audiences, mm-hmm. and I can't really figure out where it's trying to land. It's like the uh older kid like hey kids your age but they swear uh kind of edgy stuff and then it's like the super adult like we're gonna talk to our kids about how we're seeing a marriage counselor and our relationship is falling apart yeah and then like in the middle of an argument between the mom and the dad about their relationship and like don't yell you'll wake up the kids and like they just promised they weren't gonna like she like she just told her daughter like no no i love your father and it's just like all this very serious adult drama stuff and then the kid looks at the whiteboard and he's like someone left me a message the name sure is funny it's dracula backwards <laughs> which that reveal made zero sense to me Dr. and it like Dracula. They turn they turn the fader down on the parents having a real argument and then they like cue up the whimsical kid mystery music for his like discovery that a monster is after him so it's just like this is shifting gears in such a weird way what i've got to assume is that with the monster craze in the 50s and 60s this was probably meant for parents to take their kids to to try to get both to let them know that they were going to get a divorce well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we all know how the boomers did with uh, the the marriage success rate, um, but <laughs> really, really shattered. I'm one to talk. Um, but uh, you know, like I've got to think it was meant for. It was like a nostalgia pandering. I would think of like, hey, you grew up on monsters and you're 35. Take your kids to this, and they'll like it too because there's kid stuff in it. Um, and I, I would agree. I don't think they really successfully split the split the difference on that. It's not a it's not a Pixar generation spanning masterpiece, you know, by any means. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking far from it. Um, but uh, that would explain the like adult problems juxtaposed with like childhood whimsy, you know. Um, but I would agree that they really presented some things hyper seriously and some things really rose colored and kind of indiscriminately switched between them with you know like without like really yeah. solid transitions i'd really agree and uh man a, a real rough movie for dads dads did not come out looking good in this movie dad dads are not batting a thousand on this podcast i'm not gonna lie yeah. man i thought about like, i thought about our 90s episode when i was watching i was it. gonna say they had a rough enough time in our 90s episode <laughs> like 
Here we go again, like he's just a cop, like, ah, oh, my sarcastic partner needs me. Yep. Uh, be back in a few hours. Be better, man. Be better. Man, uh, I did really like Phoebe, the younger sister. Mm -hmm. I thought she was great. She's adorable and funny. Yes, um, <laughs> something that uh, Abby and Vanessa took inspiration from her on is uh, they were like, man... Whenever someone's being misogynistic, I should just bite them on the hand like she did. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't want to take me seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so, I'm so in favor of that. I thought that was, that was like, I don't know why I really liked that moment too. It's just like that's what a little kid would do. Like, no, like I'm being so serious. I don't know how else to shut you up and make you listen to me, mm -hmm. chomp. And it works. Yep. It was just like, that's a little kid thing to do when you do it to another kid that's barely older than that. Yeah. They're going to start like, oh, maybe she means something. Yeah. I, Pretty I, cool. I really liked, uh, I liked the fake out of her and Frankenstein playing by the pond. That was a, that was a very smart, uh, mm -hmm. subversive maneuver. I was even like, we got to stop leaving little girls unattended while there's a Frankenstein on the loose. When is society going to learn? Um, and then when they come out holding hands, that you know that was a really nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, really nice baby face turn for Big Frank. And you know we'll we'll obviously get into that more in our third movie. But uh, Frankenstein's a baby face, and I don't think a lot of people realize it. He always has been and always will be a baby face. And uh, that was that a baby smart face move. was that baby face was stitched on, baby boy. Was it? He might have a literal baby face for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> man um i loved dracula just mowing through a bunch of npc cops i loved the use yeah. of dracula in this movie in general um he's a really good uh uh puppet master for the other monsters you know like it really works with his like he's like the one really intelligent monster in the mix except for the invisible man who didn't show up he's Get one it? of the that's only ones that can that's talk that's a pun ah. <laughs> sorry go ahead damn i i'm sorry I, I ruined that for you sorry it's a rocky horror hey, uh talk back thing he he's dracula is one of the only ones that can even talk yeah. so it makes sense no yeah and uh he he he, did, he was a really good guy to just be the instigator and organizer um there was a moment that made me so happy um <laughs> Because Dracula is all about the theatrics. He's all about the, like, the um, the delivery of everything. And he just cuts out all of it and just chucks a stick of dynamite at the treehouse and blows it up. <laughs> it was really fucking funny to me that he didn't do any, like, smoke and a bat. Like, he just was, like, walks up to it, throws oh. dynamite at it, and is like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> so fucking funny to me right after running through the front yard in his car jesse pinkman style in breaking bad and then just leaves destruction in his wake fucking cool man yeah man he's got he's got a lot of modes i like i like dracula drac's cool one, man. Of, one of them's a bat <laughs> bat um bat. what we do in squeak, the shadows squeak. fans uh, the mummy was a total jobber we just got to acknowledge that yeah <laughs> it was fitting the mummy sucks no one likes the mummy the rock will be extremely disappointed with you um he's the scorpion king I, not the mummy oh i don't fucking care uh 
I like how they got rid of him, though. They're just like, oh, what if we just kind of, like, yoinked. Yoinked his foot for a while. <laughs> I do also need to add, because this is a tattoo I'm going to get. I have a plan for it. But uh, there's nothing cooler than Frankenstein and sunglasses. <laughs> it's so fucking tight, and it happened in That's this true. movie. I just wanted to say it on the air. I appreciate that. Uh man. I guess closing thoughts and we'll get into some gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Overall bad. <laughs> Your thoughts, Denny. Um you know, I'm really torn here because this appeals to every part of the child in me that loves monsters and monster adventures. Um, and the adult in me finds uh, finds the treatment of women so inexcusable that I can't even really enjoy these childhood things, you know? Um, oh, man, it's just, it's so pandering to me. And then it just gives me this thing that is so fucking impossible to get past, you know? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I really am torn because I... I just wish they would like I don't want the Disney Plus pre-screening this contains horrible racist stuff and we're leaving it in. <laughs> I I would love a cut of this movie that just gets rid of some stuff, gets rid of the problematic stuff cuz that is something I could be really excited about. Greg, you, you may I interest you in a 2020 remake of the film? No. <laughs> well, way to not put your money where your mouth is, uh, buddy. I just don't trust it. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> I, I just think it's going to be a giant load of shit. I've got it. I think they'll do away with the misogyny, but I don't think they will add any quality. So. I can't even find the 2020 version on IMDb, man. It, it, was, it was on um, Amazon. Are you sure it wasn't Wolfman's Got Nards? Because that was a documentary about this that came out last year. What? I'm not seeing any. Is it not a remake? I'm seeing on Prime Video right now, I'm looking, it says uh, Monster Squad 2020. And it's showing, like, clips from the 87 movie. What the hell? Did I... Did I dream this? It's a it's a documentary. It, that is Wolfman's oh. Got Mars. That's Wolfman's Got Mars. Never mind. Yeah, Sorry. It's a document Hollywood that came out last year. Hollywood, you know what to do. If if my can if my mic picked up that audio, I just uh I just opened the trailer for it on YouTube. It was it was the documentary that came out last year. I have confused myself and others and I do apologize. Uh Denny This wasn't a super fun movie to talk about, but we are sixty years away from having to do this again. Uh, I hope you got your virgins on standby. Um, where were you when I was a, a, a good Christian boy? <laughs> um, Denny, if you want to save the world from monsters, 70 years from now, you better not have had sex. It is pretty true. You better learn some German, too. Not having sex really contributed to my knowledge of knowing how to save the world from monsters. So those things are absolutely correlated, just not in the way the movie expected them to be. 
Sure. <laughs> uh man. Uh what's what's you wanna gimmick it up? Yeah. Um gimmick of the week. What is your favorite time that you thought the monster was real? Or and or favorite practical effect? Uh I'm gonna say it's when the uh exploded wolfman remains. We're all over the street, mm-hmm. and he started kind of pulling himself back together. That was I thought dope. that was really, that was so cool. That was really cool, and definitely like a really awesome jaw-dropping, over-the-top moment when they blew up the Wolfman. Um, yeah, and really committed to the lore that you can't kill him without a silver bullet. Um, yeah, I love. I that. will say though, like it's super weird that you had to you had to follow the rules so strictly for him. Mm-hmm. But then the mummy, you just had to yoink his cloth. And then the <laughs> creature from the Black Lagoon, the solution was 12-gauge buckshot. Like, <laughs> I mean, that would have worked on the creature. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's not like he has some like special weakness. I mean, it's just like, oh, we just, we just shot him and it worked. Yeah. Fun fact, the creature is the missing link to evolution. He's not like some supernatural being. He's Ooh. just, uh, he's just uh, you know, undefined creature that we haven't found like basically the space between fish and apes is essentially what he's supposed to be um so yeah he's not like really a supernatural being he's just an undiscovered uh creature creator of the new monster squad denny taylor what is your favorite time that you thought the monster was real um i'm gonna go with <laughs> it's so funny when dracula is in his gross ass half bat form like full sized mm-hmm. bat, Dracula. Dracula is ah. man bat. Um, that <laughs> Dracula is man bat. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Um, it was so rad. I loved that scene. So, no, that's good. Blink that's and you really, miss it, really man. Good. It was a lot of work for something that had like five seconds of screen time, but I loved it. I was crazy. You about you it. have to be reminded of it, but as soon as you said it, like oh yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the weird wound thing in his I knee. Had to look at. <laughs> That cost a lot of money. Absolutely, and it was just gone. It was there, and then it wasn't. <laughs> um, what's your favorite line, Denny? I mean, I kind of already revealed it, but Wolfman's got nards. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. What's yours? Um, I wanted to say, in in keeping with my critique that it couldn't pick a tone where we're doing like the fun action adventure thing and like we're finally getting settled into the fun kid element of it Mm -hmm. and then dracula picks up a five-year-old girl and calls her a bitch (laughs) um (laughs) pretty harshly too but uh my favorite line is when the same five-year-old girl climbs up to the treehouse and says mom says you have to let me in the club or else it's prescription (laughs) That was good stuff. That was good stuff. I liked it. It's persecution. Yeah. Or else it's yeah. prescription. It's for you, audience. What's uh, what's your critic score, Greg? Uh, dude, I rated this higher than the Goonies. I was <laughs> I was trashing that movie. I gave this one a twenty-two out of forty. Okay. I gave the Goonies, I think, like a twenty. Um, after my first watch a couple of years ago, I had it at a thirty-eight. I rewatched it and dropped it to a 37, and literally while we were talking about it, I dropped it to a 34 out of 50. Um, okay. It is just falling in the ranks for me. I, uh, you know, it really is a thing where I'm like, I want to just think about the monsters and excuse the rest, and I just can't. Um, it's 
just points off for sexism. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like massive points. I'll give off. I'll give two bonus points. Well, I already gave it over the Goonies. Like I think this is like on the same tier as the Goonies, but I'd put, I'd I gave put two extra higher. Yeah. Uh I don't really remember it. I don't feel like rewatching it. Um I'll give it the the edge over the Goonies because Dracula has a little armadillo in his dungeon space. And I liked that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, it came by, I was like, you hear like rat squeaking stuff and there's an armadillo there. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. Good for Drac. Good for Drac. Alright, Denny. You sitting up? You paying attention? You ready? No, I'm completely disarmed and candid. Well, good, because I want you to listen to this. Seamless edit. Shit. Oh my right God. into your ears. Right into the nodes on your neck. Who am I and what kind of fucking world is this? <laughs> you just... I created you. <laughs> We're in Germany, kind of. I didn't ask to exist like this, Greg. Constantly being seamless edited despite being full of seams. Do you know what that's like for a monster? As you can see, Dr. Feldman, his... <laughs> I've constructed him with tissue and body parts I dug up from graves. I've edited these pieces together seamlessly. Of all the impressions I've been impressed with, your Henry Frankenstein was not one I expected you to have. That, that can't be that good. It was pretty solid, man. It, I'm doing a little... I'm just doing, like, 30s movie voice with a little bit higher pitch. The, uh, the term is transatlantic accent. Transylvanic accent. Oh, it was, that was an accent that uh, radio and uh, film personalities were trained to talk in that nobody actually spoke in. But we think everyone talked like that because that's our only evidence of like the 30s and 40s. Yowza wowza, etc. Talking pictures. <laughs> the picture show. <laughs> Seen Frankenstein, the horrifying monster that takes over a Germany. Ger German really style kind of country. It's really fucking great. You've got a very good uh, transatlantic accent voice. I would have I would have cleaned up in the 30s, and I'm white, so that helps. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> boy does it boy does it we're here to talk about Frankenstein who <laughs> <laughs> was green no not that one no not that one that's right that one mm -hmm. 1931's Frankenstein um, oh baby Denny this was your pick um, I, I, I kind of figured you when we had the monster theme that you would go for like a classic film monster. I didn't think you were going to go back this far. Ooh. And I did not expect such a good movie. Right? So tell us a little bit about, well, we already kind of know the story. Quickly summarize the plot of 1931's Frankenstein. Uh, 1931's Frankenstein is an adaptation of Mary Shelley's classic novel that may, takes a lot of creative liberties. Um, this is definitely what most people in the American zeitgeist associate with Frankenstein, despite it being very untrue to the source material and still very, very fantastic. Directed by James Whale, 
Henry Frankenstein and his evil lab assistant, who I'm pretty sure is not Igor. I think that's Bela Lugosi in Ghost of Frankenstein that becomes I Igor. think, yeah, it's in a sequel. This one's Fritz. Yeah, is it Fritz? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a man with a god complex um, who wants to create life. He has been fired from his university job for demanding unethical cadavers that were murdered. Um, he robs graves he creates a monster uh through (laughs) frankensteining some body parts together that's how much in our vernacular this is um he 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 steals body parts from people and everything's going great until fritz fucks it all up and gets an abnormal brain instead of a genius brain um frankenstein is a sympathetic monster who seems to be a slave to existence who did not ask to be born um and make some mistakes based on that and long story short people created a monster and then blamed him for being a monster um and he's pretty innocent fairly benevolent and is tortured and has a lack of understanding of how to function in the world and harms people but it is unintentional and a angry torch mob appears and burns his castle to the ground while his windmill um and there's a lot of really cool subtext about james whale being an openly gay man in 1931 i cannot imagine the persecution this man faced there is even more subtext in his work in the sequel the bride of frankenstein this is a really cool movie and i was really scared that greg would be like Denny, why the fuck did you tell me to watch this? And I was really delighted when I found out you actually liked it. I was really, really hyped, man. I was excited to find out that I really, really liked it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the oldest movie we've done on the show. Yes, um, by a lot. I think, I think the next oldest one was <laughs> Every Which Way But Loose. Oh, God. So Talk I was like... a glow up of old movies on this show. <laughs> Dude, I I chalked up a lot of the lack of sensible narrative structure in that movie to just like, ah, it's old, you know, the 70s. -hmm. I'm not trying to sound like ignorant of films before that time, but damn. Well, no, but like... This has such... This is 40-some-odd years before that movie, and it has an extremely cohesive narrative. So I don't want to hear any excuses. Bingo. Clint. Long story short... Why don't you go cry macho about it? (laughs) Fuck off, Clint Eastwood. Um, Why don't you go elect Trump again, you shithead? Um, Long story short... um, Star Wars was made, and Viacom got, uh, got wind that the hero's journey was something that people related to and shoehorned it into every movie ever made. Um, is a hero's journey mark i'm fine with it but you can see a lot of kind of cluttered narrative structures in american cinema before that and frankenstein is what i always point to when someone says eh, it was good for its time and i'm like how about you go get fucked unless you can name a movie older than frankenstein that is fantastic because mm-hmm. this is a movie from 1931. 1931. That was visually 
and narratively bold as hell and everything works and it is great and to quote a note i got on a project i was very proud of in film school that my professor gave a c because two shots were out of focus he told me a filmmaker should always be in control be in control of your equipment be in control of the shot and he was a hundred percent right much to my chagrin and you're gritting your teeth through that sentence yeah this, I the c really you am, got was i am really proud of uh of <laughs> what you made yeah I, i'm really proud of it and i definitely this, made it as a fuck you to art films i made a completely sarcastic experimental film as a like i'm tired of being pressured into making this shit um, but um this the c was for control exactly but he's 100 percent right and i really when people say ah, it looked good for its time i'm always like you know what do not attempt something you do not have the skills competency or resources to accomplish if you can't pull it off in a timeless manner don't fucking go there and i think my the biggest credit to my argument for that is frankenstein was made in 1931 and it looks good in 2021 90 years later Mm -hmm. 90 years later this movie looks good and resonates in a everybody everybody you see is dead everybody who worked on it is dead everybody who saw it is dead yes they were most of them were probably dead before you and i were born how many people who worked on this movie lived to see 1990 Mm -hmm. right maybe two of them who knows who knows my grandma was we can't like, ask them because they're dead now exactly it's insane man because it's really good and they were really competent at what they did and if you've seen a movie older than 1931's frankenstein it was probably a silent film mm-hmm. that's how old this movie is yeah we've said it's old we said it's good do you want to get into specifics God, yeah what a strong right. fucking opening scene Wait no. The 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 warning oh. of like, hey, you're about to see some oh. scary shit. That was that's a solid opening. It's an amazing opening. And so like you watch these movies and you're kinda like, what was horrifying about them? Put it in perspective. Most people had only ever seen drawings of things like this at mm-hmm. the time that this was made. They had never seen stuff moving around that looked like the frankenstein monster they had Mm -hmm. only ever seen like colored pencil fucking drawings in library books they couldn't afford to buy because of the great depression that's the world this movie came out in so yeah it scared the fuck out of the greatest generation and their boomer kids um because there wasn't that much innovation between this and star wars okay (laughs) there really wasn't (laughs) Uh, sorry excuse me in american cinema uh thanks Hayes code you really helped us out there uh internationally there was tons of innervation uh other than like color (laughs) there wasn't much um i i want to i want to lay out a huge disclaimer greg 
huge disclaimer mm-hmm. because how big is it pet peeve is someone who loves frankenstein loves it crazy about it i relate to it on a personal level i have written a short film that we have plans to produce about this in the opening of the bride of frankenstein they have a character they have elsa lanchester playing mary shelley the author of the books saying that the monster's name is also frankenstein so if you are referring to the universal pictures version of frankenstein you can just call him frankenstein and not the frankenstein monster which is exactly what i plan to do for the rest of this podcast and also if you're referring to any other incarnation guess what you can just call him Frankenstein, you pretentious fuck. Everyone knows what you're talking about. You don't have to be like, <laughs> actually, it's the Frankenstein monster. Frankenstein created him. Oh, okay. Frankenstein, the doctor was the monster. Jesus, he really Because he created truly him. Was. Ah, he truly was. Ah, truly was. I do feel a little weird that you're using the validation that an actor that played the author val- like gave us the okay, no, no, not no. the author. I'm saying in the is that what you said? In the canon of specifically the Universal monsters, if you mm-hmm. were talking about the Universal IP, it is canon that his name is Frankenstein. Okay, that the Doctor and the monster are both named Frankenstein. And Universal went out of their way to acknowledge this. If you want to nitpick about any other IP, you are technically correct and also an obnoxious asshole that no one gives a shit about what you're saying. However, if you are talking about the Universal Monsters, it is canon. They went out of their way to indisputably acknowledge as canon in this franchise the monster's name is also frankenstein so don't fucking at me or do we could use the social media traffic god knows (laughs) i've gotten lazy (laughs) we've both been really busy lately actually go ahead and add us however when we are talking about this movie it is completely acceptable in canon to refer to the monster as Frankenstein, which I plan to. So fuck the fuck off. If I say Frankenstein, I mean the monster. If I say Dr. Frankenstein, I mean the doctor. I'll let that out of the way. Um, I found it a little disappointing that this movie ripped off the Monster Squad. Yeah, that was like really low-hanging fruit. I couldn't believe they did that. I'm just totally unbelievable. Like, little girl by the pond. Like, we've seen this before. Mm. We get it. Frankenstein's monster is a meanie. In this version, I guess. <laughs> they really subvert uh, expectations of us thinking he'd be nice. Every Dude, every time you say subvert expectations, I just get Game of Thrones flashbacks, and I'm just like, no, thank you. I miss a world before The Last Jedi. We don't do Star Wars. And Game of Thrones. We don't do Star Wars. When subverting expectations could be done tastefully and not stupidly. And I could acknowledge it. Because, like, that's the thing. is like There's a way to do it that is really cool. That is not an excuse for the shit they did in those movies. <laughs> or in the movie and show. Um, that is not an excuse for making a shitty payoff to a fantastic show. Um, 
there is a way to subvert expectations that is artful and awesome. But, like, I've said this for a decade now. You could subvert my expectations by putting Sriracha in my Lucky Charms. But there's a reason that people don't do that. Because it fucking sucks. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. sometimes I expect milk in my Lucky Charms, and that's also exactly what I want to have. Right? Like, Dude. I don't want you to put anything other than what I expect in my cereal. And there is a time and place to subvert expectations, and it's not because you couldn't think of any cool way to end your movie, you fucking hacks. <laughs> you're on some tangents today. Oh, why friend. am I? I'm doing it again. I'm getting angry. You're, you're going off on stuff. I'm introducing a topic, and you're just going off. I'm getting angry during what is, like, the best part of my week every week and i don't know why i do this i don't know why well, i, I was happen. i was expecting a boring movie my expectations were subverted when i got a really good and engaging movie uh normalize 70 minute movies that's what i gotta say <laughs> this wasn't 70 this was a tight this was a tight like 80 something wasn't it pretty close to 90. it was like 72 it was like it was not even 80. It was really short. I know. And it didn't need to be longer. I know I went to see the Wolfman at Alamo Drafthouse and had to really scramble to get my popcorn refill. <laughs> like, that's how yeah. short the Wolfman is, and Frankenstein's a little <laughs> bit longer than that. Dude, it, it's it's a short movie, and a great story doesn't need to be drawn out. Uh, like, this is such a... It's just... A timeless narrative yeah. that I wasn't expecting to be captured so well 90 years ago, right? Like, this... You can talk about, like, the transatlantic accent like you were talking about. And, like, there's a few... And, like, the obvious sets that we're on. The kind of old-school way of filming movies where there's some, like... Rules that have been established later on that most films seem to follow. Um, but all of that is easy to overlook when the story is engaging. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's 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 super easy to appreciate and it's super easy to overlook any like normalities that we're used to that aren't present in this film. Mm -hmm. And we're just able to get past that and say, "Oh, well, I'm 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 on board with everything that's happening here, and I'm I'm following along, and I want to know what happens next." So this was this was your first time watching it. Yes. Cool. That's really cool. I I don't I didn't see it when it came out. No. <laughs> so I got I got really insecure when I was rewatching this. Um, this is, uh, you know, full disclosure, one of my favorite movies ever made, ever, like, in the history of the world. I love this movie. Um, and I was just like, hmm, I wonder if that's just, like, a personal bias. I wonder if Greg will like this as much as I do. Um, I, I might have subjected him to something that would be unpleasant for him. And it, it's very, very satisfactory to hear. I'm, I'm just tickled. I'm just tickled that you like it, man. Yeah, I... I like... I went in with, well, story time. You went to bed at four something this morning. I woke up a little after five. Um, just I just woke up, couldn't go back to sleep. I was like, you know what? I gotta watch Frankenstein. I know it's a shorter movie. I'll just, it's five something in the morning. I'll just watch it on the iPad, snuggle the dog, whatever. I'm not expecting like 
anything groundbreaking. I'm not expecting anything, like, too terribly engaging. I'm expecting, like, old-timey film with, like, yowza wowza moving pictures. Like, we're going to do some gimmicks because, guess what? We've got film, baby. We're on the moving pictures now. We can really wow the audience. It's just going to be, like, some... Yeah, I was expecting to be really bored, and I was just, like, sitting there watching it super early in the morning while the sun was rising. I was like, I'm really along for this ride. Like, I'm having a good time yeah, yeah, watching yeah. this. And it was super short. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was succinct. It Everything made sense, and the story was edited down not to the point of characters being uh, underdeveloped, and I thought that was, I thought it was really admirable. That was, it would be easy to do in a movie that short, you know, have have characters just be like introduced, underdeveloped, or just like scenes moved along really quickly, or sacrifice the story to just like show the extravagance of having, like I said, moving moving pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it 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 didn't do that. It was actually like really cohesive, flowed really well, uh, engaging plot, and like goes through a lot of um, settings and places and different groups of characters in a really fantastic way. So I was I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. Yeah, you know, and on the note of characters. Um... I mean, there's obviously two that stand out. It's uh, Colin Clive's mad scientist, um, Dr. Frankenstein. He is the only mad scientist I've ever seen play it straight and have Mm -hmm. it really work. You know, like, everything else is... like I mean, like, Doc Brown is a great character in Back to the Future. He really is. He Um, turns into a pickle, man. Funniest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) Um... But he is just camping it up. Christopher Lloyd is going full camp, and it totally works. Colin Clive is embracing the complexity of this, like, man with a god complex that was willing to sacrifice everything for his, like, weird obsession with creating life. And then, obviously, I thought Question Mark gave a great performance as the monster. Um, question mark really 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 nailed it in this movie um, probably the best performance I've ever seen from a form of punctuation you've uh, you've spoiled one of my gimmicks oh, but shit. dude I, I love it and uh, if you don't know what Denny's talking about in the intro credits to the film you know th- movies would do this back in the day they would show like the production company and they would show you the whole cast like character played by this actor and it says the monster dot 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 question mark they they show the actor's name at the end of the film but at the beginning it's just question mark so good on question mark for carrying this (laughs) this role so well Um, for those unaware it was boris karloff um he really kind of did this like pro wrestling thing actually you know like this um I don't want to separate the gimmick. That wasn't around back then. Me neither. Um, It's a pro wrestling principle of, like, live the gimmick. Um, So, like, in the 90s, Stone Cold Steve Austin, there was a rule in WWF where you could never call him Steve. You could never just say, like, 
Oh my god, Steve's coming to the ring. What's Steve gonna do? You had to either call him Austin, Stone Cold, or Stone Cold Steve Austin, because they thought just calling him Steve would humanize him. You know, like they were mm-hmm. like, we want this character larger than life. And Boris Karloff, uh, not only in this movie was he in the opening credits billed as question mark, but like in future movies, he would just be advertised as Karloff. Like, you know, like Karloff as the mummy. Um, mm-hmm. Because he didn't want people to perceive that he was human in any way, which I think is really, really cool, man. It was a really smart move. And he, do, he does great as a monster. Oh my God, it's a too. fantastic performance. Fantastic like, performance. And again, it's 1931. You're expecting like a really shitty uh, costume yeah. on this guy, like soup, something super cheesy, rubbery, and, and some guy just like <laughs> like Carmine, and uh, <laughs> I think you should leave. It's like Carl Havoc. <laughs> yes. You expect you expect a guy up in the windmill being like, "I got too much fucking shit on me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, All right, Carmine, you're gonna go over there and you're gonna throw the girl in the pond. <laughs> <sighs> I got too much shit on me. <laughs> But no, he like gave a very good performance. Mm-hmm. He 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 uh, fit well in the costume, whatever prosthetics they're using, and it was totally believable. Like the flat top head is kind of iconic with the character of Frankenstein's monster. So, well, it was oh, it's great. Do you know why they Top-notch. do you know why they did that? Why? Um, basically, as far no. as like ways to carve into a skull, they thought the most amateur way was to like carve around the top and sew it back together and they perceived uh dr frankenstein as an amateur and they thought he would make that move that's pretty cool yeah man no dude i i love boris karloff's performance like it's amazing how emotive he was without having any lines other than you know like that's that's the only thing we we hear from him um and he's just... he's he's doing thwomp noises from Super Mario yes. sixty four, <laughs> which we did a lot of in between takes here. <laughs> um, no, but he he's so he's so emotive, and I I just I've always related to the Frankenstein monster as a as a huge dude who is often perceived as intimidating just because of my size and because I look different than a lot of people. I feel a powerful connection to this character. Um, because I am honestly very benevolent and I spent parts of my life just very confused because I wasn't set up for success. And if I was being hurtful, I promise it was on accident. You know, like I was, I was doing the best I could and I was trying my very hardest to be good. Um, and I think that now you all, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. No, you go ahead, man. I was going to do a dumb joke. Please continue. Now you all understand my connection with Waluigi. Um, <laughs> that got me. You just popped me huge, Greg. You popped me huge on that one. Oh. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen me before, I look like Waluigi. <laughs> I never, Mine's I have never once thought that in my life, ever. 
And now that I'm hearing it, I'm like, could I get you in a purple hat and a mustache just to really drive it home? You can. <laughs> See you on Halloween, Greg. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I do like that this laboratory had a sweet lounge area. Dude. Oh, my God, that lab set. Oh. It's super cool. But then he gets, like, uh... Is it Elizabeth? What's the woman's name? I'm it sorry. It is Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah, her and uh, the friend and the doctor, and just like everyone, come sit on these cool couches and the end table I've got up here. Like he's got like a little lounge setup over his like stitching bodies together lab. I thought that was very accommodating of him. <laughs> he definitely planned to uh, to show it. Definitely. Ah, but if I need to, if I need to entertain guests, yes. they will sit in the lounge and I will serve them cappuccinos <laughs> unless that's too italian so we're, we're joking right now but i really did want to talk about um the set pieces and the use of shadow in this movie those are just two Ooh. two visuals that are 10 out of 10 for me um the set pieces are just amazing i'm crazy i'm crazy about the lab um the german expressionism that was uh that was you know imitated in this was a just just fan fan fucking tastic and it really wasn't done again properly until like the 80s with tim burton in american cinema and man the underlit monster when we see his face just the lighting from underneath is just chef's kiss man chef's kiss it's the it's the poster dude like oh dude under like especially the eyes like lighting somebody oh. from below like the way it makes their eyes look and especially when it's the this kind of like makeup and everything mm -hmm. like this sort of monster yeah. the, the way his head is his head is shaped differently but like it changes the way the eyes look in such an unnatural way mm -hmm. that like it's exactly what we're talking about like it just it makes him even less human yeah just through simply moving moving light yeah. over here it's so great no, the, the reveals and just like again the control of the situation coming back to the filmmaker should be in control that i referenced at the beginning of this um man i just thought james whale was a hundred percent in control of this um and that's what's so great is you see him and he looks so inhuman and then they immediately humanize him they torture him they get sympathy on him like the bad guy is dr frankenstein basically the horrible father figure so many people relate to the mm -hmm. good guy is frankenstein who is hated and abused just for being the way he is he well, just woke that... up here one day and was immediately tortured you're you're kind of like it kind of progresses into that. He's not immediately tortured, I don't think. That's what I found kind of interesting is, like, Fritz, that little shithead, yeah, he, like, <laughs> starts waving the torch in his face. Like, they get him out of the cellar, and you have this understanding, like, this thing that is not human, or not originally human, is suddenly snapped into an adult human body. Yeah. We've got to get him acclimated to that. We've got to get him in understanding of what he's seeing, what he's perceiving. Let's not 
overstimulate this this new creature and they're really methodical with their approach with the creature and then Fritz comes in with a torch starts waving it in his face and just will not stop old bastard uh, one of my notes is uh, for having a hunchback this Fritz dude is really spry <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's yeah, it's a pillow back there, whatever. Um, yeah, he. They seem to be willing to approach it, but as soon as like Fritz kind of pushes him over the edge, like he's now a violent threat. He's not a human experiment anymore that we can grow into like understanding humanity. He is now a creature and a monster and maybe they always thought of him that way but this is what really sells them on like he's not a human he's actually just a created monster see i i feel the absolute other way about it where they're they're basically treating him like a trained dog and he's not a dog he's sentient um you know and it really it brought in this philosophical conversation about nature versus nurture um and i i, I really think that it's like he was fairly harmless until he was abused. Mm-hmm. Until he was yeah. mistreated. He was just kind of like walking around doing what he was told for the most part. Then they freaked out because he's willful. You know, like, and, and, and they panicked because he was willful. They put him in chains and tortured him with fire, which he's afraid of. And... What the fuck did you think would happen when you did that to a mm-hmm. sentient, willful being? It's the the classic, like, uh, people ignore when you are provoked, but only notice when you respond. And he fucking bailed. Then he's out in the world, wandering around with no frame of reference. And he meets one person who doesn't feel afraid of him for looking different. She shows him how to flo- throw flowers in a pond. And he Mm -hmm. thinks that's neat, but they run out of flowers, so he throws her in the pond, thinking she will float. And he accidentally kills her, and now there's an angry mob to kill him, when really, like, you can really look at it as, like, why would you expect him to understand cause and effect, or density, or volume, or, like, how any of this works? He was mm-hmm. he was innocent. He was just confused, man. He didn't understand what he was doing. He's not violent. Um, I, I see this unjust persecution, and it's very, very sympathetic for me. It's... I think you're right. I don't think we're on opposite ends of this. I just... I see more of the process after he was, like, regenerated. Wasn't properly planned out. Yeah. And there was a lot of overreaction. And then once an innocent child died, then it was like, okay, it's no longer a human entity that we have concern for or, like, are even going to attempt to, like, we're not even going to attempt to understand. We are seeing this as a monster, a creature that must be killed. I understand the mentality behind the crowd's decision and behind Dr. Frankenstein's decision, but I think it also stemmed from an incorrect 
misunderstanding and rushing of this creature's like um assimilation into humanity basically starting from scratch with a powerful body is yeah it, it's it's impossible to think about like becoming a human all of a sudden with that much strength and with so little understanding of the world around yeah. you it it, it yeah i i understand what you mean but i don't i don't see that's that's the flaw in the experiment in the first place is you make something you make a person this large and this strong they're only ever going to have you know a certain level of understanding before they are able to break out of the situation with that same level of understanding and then they're now approached like they kind of have to be with violence and with rejection and with fear so it, it was fucked up from the beginning yeah no and i mean like they blame so much on his quote-unquote abnormal brain right when really, mm -hmm. like, in the context, I think it's 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 a case for nurture over nature. That they're, like, uh, the, the violent criminal brain played no part in any of this. Um, yeah. That's how they justified their actions. And I don't know, man. I just saw it as, like, a, a commentary on how humans will abuse anyone who is different from the norm. That's that's how I saw it. It's, I saw this, like, pack mentality of, like if we don't look at you and immediately identify with you through either like appearance or language we will just feel totally justified in killing you <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. we will just um we will just be totally fine with dehumanizing you without looking at the context or why you're doing what you're doing um you know dr frankenstein created him and thought because he created him he owned him and when he found out he did not own him and he created a willful being that is not an extension of himself, but rather an independent, sentient life form with its own desires, um, he immediately was like, yo, fuck this shit. We got to let it go. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, man. Obviously, you know, without getting too much into it, I have a very personal connection to that. And that's the meaning I draw from the narrative. And uh I, I will die on this hill. Frankenstein is the baby face. He's the good guy. I will I will die on that hill. That is just something I feel about my own life. That I've done a lot of therapeutic work around. And uh, I, I think he did nothing wrong. He didn't mean to kill the girl. I didn't even need to say it, but there you go. Would you blame a baby if it, like, threw a Lego in another baby's mouth and that other baby died? That baby doesn't un I, doesn't understand uh, what's going on. All I thought about was uh, Dewey Cox. I'm sorry. Sorry, the wrong kid died. Um, <laughs> the wrong kid died. No, but, like, in the same way that, like, we understand that, like, if you give a dog negative reinforcement more than like immediately after what it did that you want to extinguish like if a dog shits in the house while you're not home and you come home five hours later and like yell at the dog and throw it outside the dog will not know why that happened 
right? Like that's that's not mm-hmm. a that's not a that's not a good dog parent move. Um, the dog is just going to be confused and perceive you as random and unpredictable. You have to like see them in the act and give them the like no no and scruff them and put them outside. That's an effective way to train a dog. But if like the dog tore up something in your house while you were gone and they're just sleeping when you come home and you lose your shit, you know that the dog is not going to associate those two events and you're just like being, you know, functionally abusive to the dog if you just like give it this like random unpredictable chaos as far as the dog is concerned. Yeah. Why would we and the monsters, anything different of Frankenstein? And the monster's acting the same way. It's 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 a totally understandable reaction based on his level of understanding. Uh, if you want to see these themes carried out in a slightly more positive manner, go watch The Iron Giant. Ooh. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of similarities there. I haven't seen it since theaters, and I'm I'm actually kind of hungry for a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hungry for a okay. rewatch, brother, brother. You know where I live. I'm down. Oh, uh, man. I got a couple more things, and then we got to head to bed. Yeah, sleepy. Yeah. Uh, I understand the Baron not wanting to serve wine to the... Don't, don't like that they were servants, but it's, it's German-adjacent culture, and it's not often we get to celebrate German culture. It's a community... Uh, they believe it or not it's not often we want to uh, (laughs) for the pop and lockathon oh my god that's a deep cut one of the best episodes too anyway go ahead the the baron gave everyone like my grandmother's wine that she bought the bottle would let my grandfather have and he was like here give the servants the champagne and they all like cheers and had like a sip of champagne and it's like alright back to work and they were grateful for it, and it was weird. <laughs> I didn't even notice, to be honest. There's a little sippy of champagne. Um, while we're on the Baron, I really want his pipe and nightcap. Hot damn, those were cool. I want to live like that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Um, the fight in the windmill seemed like an aggressive tickling session. <laughs> but, again, it's 1931. Fair enough. Like, we'll we'll let it slide um i don't think i have too many more notes or anything no, i'm good i'm kind of let's burn this windmill down and put this monster to rest oh sheesh Tucson. no no I, I have a closing thought um yeah i am a homer for classic monsters i just i've loved them since i was a kid um most of the original content from the universal monster lore not great movies dracula mm-hmm. is bookended with some really fantastic scenes and it is really boring and dialogue driven in between the wolfman man i think lon cheney did great things in later canonical works with that character really not wild about the movie Bride of Frankenstein has a fantastic subtext about two men creating life together. As I said, James Whale was openly gay in the 30s and a public figure. Nothing but respect for him and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the coding that he put in his movies in a positive way. Bride of Frankenstein, I don't like the direction they took with some of the characters, especially Frankenstein himself. And it's a weird, weird movie. And that's my hot take. 
the mummy boring as fuck creature from yeah tom cruise sucked dude well yes um <laughs> the original also fucking just fucking boring yeah the brendan fraser yeah. one uh yes the original mummy with brendan fraser um that's right yes um and uh creature from the black lagoon probably better than the rest of them but still not amazing the only two og original universal monster movies that i think are really good are frankenstein and the invisible man they are like despite my love Mm -hmm. for the genre that i'll i'll watch those other ones just because i like them it's just neat to me um they they can be really hard to get through frankenstein and the invisible man are good they're really good and they stand the test of time and i am glad we watched frankenstein for this episode man crazy i really am too dude uh quick side note have you seen the newest invisible man from like last year very very good too really fucking good (laughs) it was a great movie um it was one of the last things i I think i saw uh onward after that uh oh that it was, it was solid um mm. i thought it was decent it's fine it's fine i don't think it's bad I'm just, i i i 100 agree with you it is uh it's just fine and that's it i'll say this if it weren't pixar i would have thought it was a very good animated movie it was not up to snuff in terms of what a pixar movie should be based on pixar's mm. reputation um however I think the last two movies I saw before the 2020 shutdown were Invisible Man and Onward, and I really, really liked the 2020 Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Um, just, yeah. Uh, that'll be a separate episode. What a fantastic modern interpretation of source material that played to modern cultural anxieties. All that goes... This was long walk for a short drink of water, 1931's Frankenstein is very good, independent of my personal fandom. There you go. I know the difference between weird shit I like and shit that is actually really good. And this is this this is a both and. <laughs> like this is yeah. a both and for me, man. Crazy about there you this go. movie. I uh surprisingly was too. Uh what's what's your favorite moment that you thought the monster was real so this is one where i'm going to interpret it as um interpret it as favorite practical effect my favorite moment i thought the monster was real was when he is coming for elizabeth like when he extends his arms it's just so fucking scary when he crawls into that window but Mm -hmm. my favorite practical effect that i said i would get into earlier um they put on prosthetic eyelids on boris karloff okay we're talking about his eyes they put on prosthetic eyelids that they did not do in the further sequels because it was a lot of work and obviously cumbersome. I thought they really worked to make his face look dead, but his eyes look human. It, you know, yeah. like it really had the like... That makes sense. Fully human, fully monster. I loved the makeup for for Karloff's Frankenstein. That was my favorite time I thought the monster was real on an emotional level that's what made the monster real for me that he had mm-hmm. full use of his eyes behind uh prosthetic eyelids i just brilliant brilliant makeup work what about you yeah i agree totally agree there uh mine was it happens off screen but they open the cellar door and they find that the monster had hanged 
Fritz. Like, there's just something about that. Like, we were warned in the beginning that this is going to be horrific to some people. I was like, ah, this is going to be 1930s scary. Yeah. And then that happened. I was like, nah, this is actually pretty unsettling in a couple of points. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I was like, that's when the switch flipped, uh, pun intended, for me fully buying into this being like a good no matter when you watch it kind of movie absolutely brother brother rock on um what is your favorite line um my runner-up was actually something we mentioned earlier it's not really a line but it's the opening credit saying the monster dot 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 question mark Mm -hmm. Uh, but my winner is uh, before Dr. Frankenstein invites everybody inside during the lightning storm. And he says, crazy, am I? You'll see whether I'm crazy or not. Ooh. And then they see. So good, man. Oh, we didn't even talk about like those opening scenes before the monsters in the mix. When, uh, you know, just like them robbing graves and shit like that. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give my runner my uh, my runner up is a uh, he's just resting, waiting for new life to come. Um, that was really cool, but man, my winner. Hate to go for the obvious, but I love it so much. It's alive! It's alive! Is my favorite line in this movie. <laughs> just oh, I no, it's great. Iconic. I'm a sucker for an iconic shot, and I'm a sucker for an iconic line, and that was both. Hell yeah, so man. So good, man. Uh, what did you rate this movie? 47 out of 50, man. This is just Hell yeah. up there with the all-timers for me. I'm crazy about this movie. Um, things that kept it from being a 50, uh, you know, there were a few dialogue-driven moments that we didn't really talk about that were a sign of the times they weren't the most engaging things in the world who cares (laughs) you know but like that (laughs) if you're gonna make a critique that's my critique um could have been a little more airtight here and there but i don't give a fuck i'm i'm crazy about it 47 out of 50 is pretty fucking far from an insult for me man that is that is well past all-timer territory and into like upper 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 echelons i love this movie what about you uh, I gave this one a 34 out of 40, which is higher than I give a lot of things that I see nowadays. Yeah. Um, like I was saying before, like there's a couple of rules in film that hadn't quite yet been established. I'm guessing. I don't, I don't know film theory. I'm not a historian. I kind of. But like, there's there's moments where like the angry torch mob is chasing down the monster, and someone will be like, "There he is." men go that way and they will point from the left side of the screen to the right side of your screen and then that group of men will run from the right side of your screen to the left side of the screen and it's something in film like the 180 degree rule yeah it's just something that's just telling you like they're going the wrong way like subconsciously you know that like it confuses the geography of the mountain which kind of lends to the story because they're kind of getting lost up in those rocks but like on a basic level you feel like they're intentionally kind of losing yeah. track of which way they're supposed to be going in that in shots like that it doesn't seem like intentional it, for the purpose of showing that they're lost it seems like a fuck up 
Yeah, exactly. It, it seems like a fuck-up only because it's 90 years ago and they don't understand that it is. Yeah. So it, it's it's just... Like, if you have to go into stuff like that to say, like, this is why it... <laughs> like, man, sign of the times. <laughs> like, you did such a good job. But, yeah, all in all, 8.5 out of 10 is what that equates to. Solid time. Rock on, man. Um, I loved watching it. That sounds very valid, and I'll also say I've watched this movie a lot, and I've never noticed it. But I 100% believe you, and that sounds valid. <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the winner of the episode, Denny? What's the best movie for when you're doing a monster match? Uh, the best movie that we watched is without a doubt the thing. That is the best movie okay. we watched. Um, the best movie for a monster mash up is the Monster Squad. Um, but it is it has all the monsters. It has all the monsters. No, you're right. Go it's ahead. Go pick. ahead. Um, okay, thank you. I'm you know again gonna be a homer for my own pick and say if you say monster mash i'm thinking spooky laboratory you know i'm i'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking raising the dead i'm thinking you know like that's oh watch out <laughs> that's watch out mario kart fans <laughs> so i'm gonna go with frankenstein and if the monster squad didn't suck so much ah, it's mediocre with a lot of blood excusable cultural issues um that would be the obvious winner we we maybe you know what we should have gone for greg you know what we really should have hmm. done abbott and costello meet frankenstein because that has quite the monster mash in it but uh i don't know man i i i think at the end of the day, when I say Monster Mash, I'm never going to think of the thing. And that's just my own connotation. I'm going to think of, like, Halloween, spooky monsters, and I'm, I'm still really glad that you picked it. You know, like, I'm like, that yeah. is, that's the best movie we watched today. I don't know that I would recommend it for Halloween season. I would probably not. I would say that's like a, a sci-fi horror that works any time of the year. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to go with Frankenstein because I think it's more topical, although your pick is a better movie. I have to agree completely. Like, I think The Thing is the best movie we watched for this one. Uh, but when I think of the... <laughs> all comes back to the song, right? The Monster Mash. I'm just... You see someone doing this, holding their arms out and looking like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. So it just it just tracks like classic monster classic monster movie that holds up incredibly well i will say frankenstein is the best movie for when you're doing a monster mash bada boom greg let's tell but do watch the thing oh the thing is a better movie so, and good just, they're both really good they're both you know fairly close in where they stand in the like all-time cinema rankings of the genre i would say they're both sci-fi horrors even yeah a lot of people uh a lot of people ignore the sci-fi elements of frankenstein and just think about the horror elements of it but it is absolutely a sci-fi movie um it's just set in a castle <laughs> so people think of old horror movies um anyway greg tell the people what we're doing next week brother brother well this week 
These were movies for when you're having a monster mash. Boy, were they. And next week, it's for movies for when it was a graveyard smash. Ooh. Can I, can I? Graveyard smash, Denny. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, Sounds like the graves are being smashed. People are rising up from the graves. Sounds like zombie movies to me, baby. That's right, brother, brother. We're doing three zombie movies next week. That's right. Oh my God, I'm I don't. I love this I don't know idea. Which ones. I love the continuity of the song. Dude, you came up with this episode. I was like, well, the next one's got to be the rest of the song, right? I, <laughs> or the next line. I wanted to. I wanted to soft pitch next week. Movies for when you wonder whatever happened to your Transylvanian twist. Did we just watch all three Hotel Transylvania movies? No, we watch vampire movies, but we... Oh, okay. We we don't have to. It was just a pitch. Um, But no, maybe we should leave well enough alone and just end it at Graveyard Smash. We'll, We'll decide later. I, I, the thing is, I don't have a pick for the zombie movies yet. What? Uh, you really I'm, don't? I really don't have a pick yet. Oh. I want to pick for you, but I won't. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I've got a pick. Uh, I really thought a lot about it. I wanted do you, to do... Do you want to disclose it yet? Yeah, I'll disclose it. I'll disclose it. So, but I want to give people some history, okay? So, basically, literally the movie that, uh codified the term zombie in the american zeitgeist as a resurrected corpse is night of the living dead for uh, before that movie zombie meant someone whose mind was controlled um it it became reanimated corpse because of night of the living dead um the filmmakers split off after that (laughs) into two different franchises one of them kept uh the the time of day theme and the other kept of the living theme and they both kept dead um george a romero went on to make what i think is the single most underrated trilogy in the history of hollywood which is night of the living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead and then oh fuck i don't even remember who his other partner was but he got the of the living part and uh i'm gonna go with what i think is the most fun zombie movie i've ever seen and go with return of the living dead that's my pick for next week. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what year was that? Ish. Let me look it Roughly. up. Roughly. It, it, 70s, it's, 80s? It's definitely 80s. Um, hold on. Okay. I'll look it up. It is streaming somewhere right now, too. I wanted to buy the movie just to own it, and I went to Movie Trading Co. this weekend, and they said the nearest one that had it was, uh, was Tyler. Uh, Denton only had Return of the Living Ugh. Dead 2, which, by the way, fucking blows. Um, Return of the Living Dead <laughs> is 1985. 85, 85, okay. Return of the Living Dead. And my pick is coming soon. I kind of wanted to do, uh, just because I haven't seen it in such a long time, was the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. I've never seen that one. It, it's pretty enjoyable. It's a remake of, uh, you were just mentioning George A. Romero. Uh, it's, a, it's a Zack Snyder film. Written by James Gunn, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's 2004. 
I, I, I don't think I've seen it since maybe 06. I'm kind of curious so, to get back so into it to see it, what it's like. what is like. your debate? What, what, what's stopping you from picking that one? Um, I'm wondering if I want to do that or go something a little more classic. I'm also wondering how we're classifying zombie movies. Like, are we only doing, like, reanimated corpses or are we doing like infection movies like 28 days later um i'll leave that up to your interpretation i think both are fair game i think they both definitely fit in the genre um i personally prefer reanimated corpses and i think they're more on theme me too but also i, I was leaning more that but way But also you picked you picked the thing which i would have said is not on theme and it was a great choice you know like yeah. so I, 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 I will say there's leeway and I would absolutely put them in the same genre but if you ask me which ones are more related to Halloween I'm going to choose a reanimated corpse but I wouldn't judge you fault you or criticize you if you chose an infection based fast moving zombie movie um, I think I'm I think I'm going to keep it reanimated corpse okay, for sure cool. um, please yeah. don't pick Zombieland because I think it's so fucking overrated <laughs> I, I do not really like Zombieland. I'm just, I'm not into it. Fine, I'll pick Zombieland too. All right, <laughs> audience, that's a... I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put up a poll. Uh, once you pick yours, I'll put up a poll for the third movie. Because I, I, I've yeah, got sure. some others in the mix. And we, we haven't done uh, we haven't done audience engagement in a little while. So let's, 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 let's Sorry. get people excited. Um, we haven't forgotten about you. Yeah, I, I think this is a fun yeah. one for the poll. And we, we can talk about the options later. Denny, let's go to bed. All right, Greg, let's put this baby to bed. Um, uh, put it on a slab and strike it with light. Strike me with the lightning. Catchphrase, Denny. Save me. <laughs> For Greg work, the dismembered leg work, Johnson. I'm Denny the talent. He's got a huge talent. That's a Moulin Rouge reference, Taylor. And this has been Movies for When? We already told you when, and when you get to my door, tell them Boris sent you. They did the mash. They did the Ooh. monster mash, the monster mash. Next week's a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught Ooh. on in a flash. They did the mash. Copyright strike. Copyright strike.